All right, welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Batch. I'm Julia. And I'm Becca. We're best friends and lifelong Star Wars fans, and this is a Star Wars The Bad Batch fan cast. This time we're reviewing episode 11, Devil's Deal, and episode 12, Rescue on Ryloth. This review is meant to be spoiler-free, so join us after you've watched those episodes. If you like story, and you like Star Wars, then stick around. In episode 11, the Batch takes a backseat while we get a closer look at the situation unfolding on Ryloth, a planet that was previously a part of the Republic. Admiral Rampart bolsters the Imperial forces on Ryloth against threats like descent from the much-loved Sindula family, a world of people who have fought for their freedom and would again, and a slowly brewing internal uprising. In episode 12, Omega urges the Batch to return to Ryloth to rescue the Sindulas from Admiral Rampart and the Imperial occupation. Tension mounts as Rampart and Crosshair attempt to outmaneuver the Batch, and the Empire suffers a blow when Hauser and the clones loyal to Ryloth rebel against their tyranny. Um, so, 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 let's talk about uh, the plots that we see in these two episodes because um, there's a lot of them. I'm just now seeing my notes that um, it's it's challenging the amount that's written down. <laughs> um, in episode eleven, the Batch takes a huge backseat. We don't. I mean, other than like they're there for like three minutes yeah uh doing a job for sid uh we don't see them no and it's uh, and again like we get the notion obviously that they're continuing to do what they've been doing and that's all that we get and honestly all that we need at that point yeah in episode 11 and episode 12 uh they uh, they take more of a the main stage yeah uh episode 11 acts as a setup yeah exactly but yeah they're like pretty much uh they fuck with the empire a little bit um and by a little bit, I mean quite a bit. I mean, here's the great thing is that they don't do much. And again, like when we do see them in episode 12, it's kind of, again, yeah. they kind of an interestingly take a backseat to other ideas. I was going to say the plot that they uh, take part in in episode 12 is very much how they relate to the Empire. Like there's, these two episodes are very Empire plot, our plot C heavy. Uh, heavy. Yeah. Yeah, and interestingly enough, like, though we see Crosshair here, like, he is interestingly also in, like, an auxiliary role. Truly, yeah, who kind takes... of until the last bit of episode 12. Yeah. I mean, like, even then, like, I mean, he's still acting on orders uh, up until, like, the last, last scene. Then we get... I mean, he's been acting on, on yeah, orders. Yeah, I mean, I just, uh, and we can talk more about this later, but, like... He seems like it, it's interesting seeing him in this context where like he's not specifically like uh, on a revenge quest. Mm-hmm. Like we're not seeing him in that context. Yeah, I, where we previously did see him. Yeah, he was he's full like of spite and- essentially we're seeing him do the job that he needs to do. Yeah, and he's not really putting up much of a fuss. And we honestly don't get a, a lot. We get like maybe two moments of introspective sort of yeah. crosshairness and everything mm-hmm. else because here's the fucking deal plot C. It's the Charlie Rampart show. These two episodes are like chock a block full of just like Rampart being 
I would say someone we haven't really seen before because we haven't really seen him out of the context of like talking with the Kaminoans. We've seen bits and pieces. This is he's truly in his villain era in these two episodes. <laughs> yeah, he's thriving as a villain at this I point. I mean, he's been in his villain era, but we haven't really been spectators to and that. I, and I'm so happy that again, we get I, to be spectators to that in right? these two episodes. And, you know, we can talk about this later. But like the fact that he's so interestingly two-faced, like in as we see him in these episodes and as we've seen him previously mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, what that talks about and how that speaks to like the Empire. But yeah, so plot C, mostly. I was saying pretty much everything is related yeah, so we, back to we, the Empire. Yeah, we get a lot of Empire um, tightening its grip on the galaxy. We, we got a bit of that in the last episode, but we didn't have a really a face for it. It was yeah. kind of just this ominous, like, oh, the Empire. Um, now we're getting... Like the concept of the Empire. Exactly, So exactly. that we could put this against our characters to see how they would react, right. and now it's like the Empire in actuality. Yeah, whereas last episode, we were putting our protagonists up against the ideology of the Empire. Yeah, 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 exactly. Where we see them kind of coming in and taking hold of a planet and, um, you know, doing their dastardly deeds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, they, they're surely doing more dastardly deeds in, in this episode, but we see them, we see our protagonists... Uh, placed up against uh, a face a name and a face yeah uh not just an ideology the face of charlie rampart the face of charlie rampart should we explain uh where we're getting charlie rampart because i mean according to his wiki page well <laughs> <laughs> hey what was that who was that who <laughs> media you'll never know what fandom wiki it was <laughs> according to his wikipedia sick article his Wikipedia. <laughs> regular man Wikipedia. Yeah, he is kind of just a regular man. He looks like a regular man. He he's, does. Let, let me be clear. He's not a regular man. He's a criminal for sure. He is a criminal. Um, He doesn't have a first name. It's just Admiral Rampart. Who even knows if Rampart is his real name? We don't know. <laughs> Do you think he um, took on an, a moniker? He's like, I want to be strong and like a, <laughs> like a castle wall. <laughs> Yeah, he he really wanted to show the empire that he was in it to win it, and so <laughs> he's like, he I even down and like legally changed. His I changed name. my name to a cool villain name. Can I be part of the like, empire now? Oh, and they're okay. like, okay, but my first name is Charlie. No, so uh, we've <laughs> for, definitely for those who explained this we have, before. but I think it was in uh, it was in early, really early on. I think it was so, like episode two that we were covering. But yeah, so uh, anyway, uh, the the voice actor uh, that voices Admiral Rampart, um, Noshir Dalal, uh, he also voices Charles Smith in Red Dead. Uh, and that's Red Dead 2, our favorite, one of our favorite Excuse games. me, yeah, Red Dead 2. I forget the first one there's, exists constantly. Uh, there's two others I'm sorry. before it. I forget the rest of them. <laughs> it's the only the one that The sort of matters. menagerie of other Red Dead games that are far inferior. Yeah, so that is why we call him uh, Charles Rampart. And Charlie we're going to make it fucking happen. I, I, I want to make it God. happen. If we, He's got to have a first name it's it should be, be charles. charles shortened to charlie it's just such a fun like the big bad villain and like we'll get into how super villain he is really i almost uh, said he's super villain coded he's not he's just he is a villain just, full stop I, again we've talked about this so many times one of my favorite things is just that like the the big bad awful terrible person villain is just a dude yeah and and as i've said before doesn't look like sheev palpatine who's, aka like a sort of a, a melted <laughs> sort of wax candle yeah situation. who looks like he's uh, a a wax uh <laughs> a wax figure from madame tussauds who come to life cursed by a witch and then in the sun for a little bit too long <laughs> for just a skosh too long <laughs> he yeah baked anyway a little bit too long that's sheev <laughs> we're glad that charlie rampart does not 
look like yeah, Sheev. And um, yeah, I think that plays a lot into his sort of like villainy. Yeah, especially putting him up against like Crosshair as our secondary villain, who we've talked about before, is very villain coded. I, I, I mean, I was listening to... God, was it episode three or episode four? I laughed, probably. laughed my fucking ass off when we were talking about how- LMFAO? Vi- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how fucking villain-coded Crosshair is. No, and tr- I- truly, which is like a weird choice when you when you uh, have a- first understand that yeah. like he's not the primary villain yeah, in this. Yeah, yeah. There's a bigger uh, bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Should we get into some story beats for yeah. episode 11? <laughs> Holy shit. So also, I would love to quickly- um, explain that we're doing these together because they're so 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 connected like yeah it's part one and part two really more than other episodes like Mm -hmm. even the the lineup of like i think it's seven eight nine right like you know they're all in the same i mean for the most part they're on Braca in those episodes but they don't really run themselves like a part one part two things happen within those episodes that are really self-contained and they're all uh they're all batch centric um, whether they're dealing with like the batch as a whole or like the the batch getting Omega back, uh, these I mean episode eleven the batch is barely in. Yeah, uh, they're in it for like all of five minutes. Yeah, because episode eleven is such a setup for when they come back in episode twelve. And, yeah, you know, and like these episodes are fucking insane when it comes to content, right? Like, y- yeah, they're so incredibly like they're like an adult complexity. Yeah, like we're dealing with so many things here so many weaving plots like within like, this episode it's even hard to parse in a way like if they're separate at all because like everything is so like like woven together yeah truly um so um, we start on ryloth mm-hmm. um a planet we have not been to in a long time not since like early clone wars days yeah i think that was the um, end of season three i feel like it was two it doesn't it might have been two it doesn't it matter. was early one through um, three one of those seasons <laughs> yeah and we see sort of an interesting unfolding situation here with um you know obviously as a republic controlled planet you know it is now changing over into the empire mm-hmm. and politically it's not going like super well um so we get to see the start of this like super complex unfolding political narrative between mm-hmm. like the empire and its interests, which is represented by our boy, Charlie Rampart, um, <laughs> who's essentially using Senator it's on free Yeah. So we, we get an introduction. Pawn. Yes, exactly. We, we get an introduction to uh, our main players here, which are Charlie Rampart, Admiral Rampart, uh, <laughs> Senator Ta, who we've seen in uh, Clone Wars before, because again, this was a Republic pl- planet. So, yeah. uh, and, and then the um, kind of the, uh, I mean, they're not like a monarchy or anything. It's just sort of like I think they refer to Sham as the general. Yeah, he's the general. Um, like but military. like, basically, he's the the sort of president uh, stand-in of this planet. A prominent political figure, I think, because. They're so, the Twi'leks of Ryloth, I guess, specifically are so, like, military focused Mm -hmm. now. And, like, obviously, I think they kind of brand themselves almost as freedom fighters. So he's, like, yeah because seems to be the sort of crowd-elected general. We we see uh, Shom in Clone Wars uh, being a freedom fighter while while this planet was being invaded by the uh, Separatist uh, military. Um, And obviously, the the Jedi helped them fight... uh, the separatists and they join the republic so it, it again yeah last episode is really interesting we get to see a separatist planet um we got to see the senator the separatist senator there being basically like pushed and forced into this role of yeah. being an imperial senator whereas uh senator ta in this episode is 
very much just continuing his duties. Nothing's yeah. really is, changed that much for him. He is will a willing participant yeah. in this. Um, like we see, we get introduced to Sham and his wife, uh, Eleni. Yeah. And, and we see them from the get go being really skeptical about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're not outright like, we don't like this, but it, they're, they're a little like, okay, this is, a, yeah, we're they, in a bit of a sticky situation. They here. very like quickly cement themselves as people who are interested whose only interest is in like the betterment of the people on this planet. Right. right? And their freedom that they've, you know, up until this point fought very hard for. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have them sort of um, uh, foiled with, I guess, reflected against contrasted with Rampart and the Imperial sort of forces and like how they're trying to, cajole people into believing that this is like yeah. a good thing right so we yeah. get a lot of like deception in these episodes yeah where last episode we saw an imperial or a, a separate a previously separatist senator now imperial senator addressing the people and kind of failing and faltering halfway through we see senator ta trying to address ryloth and convince them that the empire is good um and that this order for them all to uh turn their weapons in uh is is good and kosher and okay um and they do not like senator ta yeah um it's important that that i mean that's one of the big setups of this is that they don't trust him they don't like him to Um, the point where they even call for sham syndula to talk to them because they and they literally i love this in in the crowd someone says tell us what to do like yeah it's it's not even like we want your assurance on this it's like you we trust you to tell us what to do yeah if you say it we'll do it yeah um and so, yeah, Sham does come out and basically, like, make his bid for the Empire in a, in a really charming way. I mean, he's a very good leader. Yeah. Um, he brings up a uh, fan favorite. Yeah, the introduction of, of insane, caught like wildfire on the internet clone Hauser. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we were talking earlier about how it's really wild that we don't see a lot of people talking about Admiral Rampart. Because, like, he's a really interesting character. And yeah. a lot of people on Tumblr specifically are super villain fuckers so yeah uh it would make sense that it he would be really popular bananas and i think we came to the conclusion yeah. that he is not as popular as we thought him to be because he is like we mostly see him in these episodes with hauser yeah yeah, um, yeah. Who, it's like, like we've seen him in bits and pieces before but there's nothing about him that was like what you know y'all like about <laughs> your villain character like there was no <laughs> scene of rampart equivalent to that scene that i see or that like part that i see gift all the time of like crosshair's crotch when he's like sitting down in the like <laughs> brig in the first episode like i see that gift constantly it's pretty wild that or that like is going tech on. yeah fixing that, the, the computer. computer um but like yeah we truly we get to see charlie rampart in like all of his glory here but he is like pretty yeah. starkly contrasted even though at the beginning they're kind of on the same side with hauser mm-hmm. um and yeah, so we get the introduction of him and as you were saying, Sham's sort of whole speech. Yeah, he, he basically reminds uh, the people that, um, you know, the people that we fought for the freedom of our planet with the, the clone army, the clones are still here and like we owe them a debt and like... And they'll, we trust them. We we'll trust them. Us yeah. They did it before. They'll do it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he, I like how he doesn't bring forth like Rampart or whoever. He brings forth hauser yeah uh, who doesn't say anything but you know the presence is enough that he's there uh and then by the end of the scene we get introduced that these uh syndula chom and eleni are the parents of harris syndula who yes. we've seen in rebels before yeah, one of our our fantastic main characters from rebels which uh you know this scene ends obviously with rampart sort of 
um, on the sly kind of threatening them and especially Hera. And then we cut to Hera, who is, you know, the important part here is that she is uh, surveilling an imperial refinery, a new imperial refinery that this was kind of like the Empire's uh, plan. It's what they're trying to use to like coerce people into like being on their side because they're providing jobs, etc. Um and Hera is, yeah, uh, is trying to surveil it for Gobi, who is, um, you know, on the fly, mm-hmm. uh, trying to, you know, he, essentially he, yeah. continue being a rebel. Continue a being fighter. a freedom fighter, yeah. Uh, her is her Uncle Gobi. Um, I don't think they're actually related, but she does call him Uncle Gobi. I, yeah, she does call him Uncle Gobi. Um, his last name is Glee, so he's yeah. not a Sindula, so he must be her mom's brother if he's related to her at all. Yeah, I do. Sham uh, does say, like, later on in the episode, it's like, we've been friends for a long time. So maybe it is. I, I assumed they were, like, either... I, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it does matter. <laughs> we need to nail this down right now. So this Family kind of tree. <laughs> introduces us to another character, which is Gobi. Yes. Um, I think we actually also see him in that Rebels episode that Sham is in. Um randomly he's just like kind of a side character um but here he's a lot more important right um and is really particularly bothered by the fact that the empire is requiring them to like turn in all of their weapons right um we we see it in the scene where he's talking to sham about um how unhappy he is about this and how he has secured more weapons basically yeah. we see like a whole line of twilights just like coming and dumping their like guns into Again, a bucket it's really funny <laughs> that like this is the Sindula's residence right yeah because they're doing it like when, in front like, of their house yeah when the stormtroopers like they find Hera and they bring her back here yeah. and like Hauser's like you know I I won't report it but yeah there's just a line of twilights and I love that they're like you can come to my household and like dump <laughs> them in a big bucket and then I guess we'll give them to the empire yeah like what are they doing with those Anyway, uh, I, I I really like when Hauser comes and brings Hera brings Hera back. Uh, I love that he's just like between you and me, Sham. I'm kind of in a tough spot yeah. right now. Like it just smacks of just like my manager's really upset with me. So like I'd appreciate it if you like didn't yeah, tell him about this. And yeah, also like you know the Empire is not what it seems, and it's yeah. creating a lot of tension, right? Yeah. And also I think that like that's such a great line because it really smacks of like they are we're being illustrated in a very like small way how deep their relationship is and like how much they trust each other right that they're you know he's willing to be honest with sham about like you know the situation that he finds himself in and he's like you know it, it doesn't feel like he's just saying that to like i don't know well, especially manipulate it, sham right he's like yeah. honestly like i'm in a tough spot i'm not gonna report it because like i know you guys when truly like it's 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 Hera, it's their yeah. daughter yeah he's who he seems to care about right yeah or like he feels like a family friend almost he, he does way. like yeah. that guy who's like kind of like you like you call your uncle but isn't yeah, actually exactly. your uncle sort of a thing and uh in in this right so um Hera and eleni go back inside and then sham and Gobi have a conversation about mm-hmm. um they talk specifically about how like the clones were supposed to leave when the war ended and they haven't left and that's like a concern to Gobi. I, I mean it's a concern to them both right yeah but it's just like the way that they are dropping all of this information on us is so again it feels like I, I, lack of a better word it feels very adult because it's so complex and like yeah truly yeah, yeah. like you could have gotten away without this Gobi character for most of the uh the episode um but you bring him in and, and not only is he just serve the purpose of later going on uh, the uh, pickup mission with Hera uh, to meet the batch who brings them more weapons. Uh, not only do you have him there, you have him here and they're establishing yeah. that yeah. like he's different from Sham. He's uh, 
a little more like ready to rebel um he's a lot more he's essentially like our critic in this situation he's sort of like our watchful eye of the like on the empire yeah and, and he's like dropping this information but like yeah the clones were supposed to leave and i'm not happy about it yeah and like something's happening it's something's changing this is different than what we wild thought. with you know and and now doing the thing that we're here to do the analysis bit <laughs> like and, and what we always talk about is that they give you so much and so little like we've had quite a few conversations and like talking points already in this episode we're not even like that far through it but like they're giving us so much important context mm-hmm. for the world that we find ourselves in like huge unfathomable things like and again like we talked about in episode one and you know subsequent times like it is important to you know us the viewers and the people who are creating this show to see these stories through the eyes of regular people mm-hmm. um and i like that we are getting to see like facets of different like political opinions like in this one specific instance truly um i love that it's coming off the heels of the last episode which was like not as complicated a lot more like action oriented um but like still held like a weight and now we're kind of seeing that like expanded and honestly like all of these characters like there is some like game of thrones level intrigue happening in this episode on um which is in which is incredible to see done in a show like this that's for all audiences and like it truly like they're not pulling any punches like yeah yeah they are crafting a narrative that is complete and full and and interesting it is is like and enrapturing i suppose like it really is like i feel like i was concerned when we were talking about doing these episodes together i was like oh it's gonna be super long and it's gonna be difficult to do it's gonna be like the pilot right that's like so much information but like this is a way of like twisting and turning in a way that's so intriguing and like other it's different than what we've seen it's kind of weirdly fresh in a way these episodes bleed into one another in a way that's like you i don't know that we could have done them like separately yeah uh and there would have been no point (laughs) yeah (laughs) because uh there's just so much set up for the next episode in episode 11 yeah whereas like the pilot it was so long strictly because they had to set up like the rest of the whole season yeah 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 Uh, and the show right like it's i don't know it's just so interesting to see and again like (laughs) today in particular i'm like quite quite on my bandwagon of uh animation counts yeah i don't know if you saw this this is kind of bringing another thing in but um hbo just like canceled and like took off or taking off their streaming platform like it's like 30 shows of their own content and like a bunch of them like most of them are animated including um there's a show called summer camp island which is like a i follow the director the showrunner of um and they were like debuting their premiere season and they're just getting pulled from the platform. That's so insane. there's like no way to watch it. Um, do you remember that show? Uh, Aquaman King of Atlantis, the animated show. They pulled that? They pulled that one, which is like maybe so sad. Just like. That's deep. And upsetting. you know, everything I see on social media today is like, hey, animation counts. And I get, I, I think that like these episodes are Bad Batch are like such a way to show that too. And like, I love seeing that. And as mm-hmm. a, obviously a big, you know, fan and, and doer of animation or animated, you know, things um it it, it's just so cool to see it means so much it has so much weight that like it can be this level of complex and pull it off like really fucking well really really well (laughs) yeah so the next scene uh is still on right off because that's holy shit that's where i mean like pretty much all of this episode yeah the way that we like break up these things in our outlines are like usually by location by location yeah. and it's just like ryloth one ryloth two <laughs> ryloth again ryloth a different place um but it's so intriguing and yeah. it's so important all of it like um yeah these episodes are a, a bullet train Truly. like it's just 
Yeah, and so we we see the senators Senator yeah. Taw's office, um, and this is the first time we see Crosshair. Yeah, it kind of sans his helmet. Yeah, we saw him very very briefly when they were doing the sort of I almost said orientation. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're all here for college. We're orienting them. <laughs> Welcome to O Week. I'm your host, Senator Onfrey Taw. <laughs> we're Be gonna have sh- don't forget about the quad at twelve. <laughs> don't forget about the ice cream social later tonight <laughs> on the deck at the library. It's gonna be. So so much fun i hate i hated orientation i didn't really go because i transferred i did meet a lot of friends though at like a sad sort of ice cream transfers (laughs) mixer it wasn't sad it was just i'm awkward i did meet a lot of people there though anyway this is not what's happening i'm not gonna talk about my college orientation because it was just tired and sad yeah that makes sense Um. (laughs) please don't (laughs) uh but yeah we we can introduce that like uh, crosshair uh as a sort of um an arm of ramparts in a way yeah uh we get him introduced here like that and as we were talking about earlier crosshair takes an interestingly auxiliary role in these episodes Mm -hmm. like we're not seeing him as like he sees himself as like the main fucking character where it felt like that in episodes yeah uh, like he is seven and eight yeah the whole seven no it It was was eight eight. it's just eight yeah it's it's just eight um where he was the whole fucking deal, yeah. right? It was him and his whole revenge quest was like the main thing. And he saw it that way too. Like here, he's kind of weirdly just doing his job. Like, he's like until weirdly, the badge comes into play. Yeah, he's very strangely dispassionate. We don't see him vying for, for like, oh, remember my, yeah, <laughs> my brothers, like, like, let me go get them. Like uh, we don't see and, him constantly reminding Rampart of that. He's just doing his and job. And he's also not trying to like do what he did with Hunter where he's like attempting to assert his dominance mm-hmm. and then climb the ladder. He's just kind of like in the position that he's in and like he's truly doing his job and just taking yeah. orders. And if anything, when Rampart threatens him later, like he gets kind of concerned. Like yeah. he is just like comfortable in this place that we see him in. And it's like, again, I think it is a really, really incredible and important part to include him sans the batch mm-hmm. uh, because inevitably they, you know, meet again. Um, I don't remember if we see, do we see him? We see him here without his helmet on. Yeah. Where yeah we, get we see to him see here his, without his helmet um, on. His like his, huge scar on yeah, the side his Yeah. His nasty concave head. It's, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it looks it's, like salami. It's specifically <laughs> like, I know they did this intentionally. It is supposed to be glaring. Yes. Like it is in a way he's like even more villain coded now. Cause he's yeah, got because this, he's like, got like a gnarly scar, scar and he, he um, shaved the, what little hair he had. Yeah. I think, uh, <laughs> um, it is, not that like having visible scars is is obviously gross. They did it here so intentionally. No, but though. we're they working made off it of grotesque. In I mean, a not way. that having a monocle or having gray hair being <laughs> old is monocle. also like. <laughs> I love that we're just assuming that he has a full on standard monocle. It's what now. I think of now I mean, whenever same, I look at his face. <laughs> um, sorry, having a tattoo monocle on tattoo. my eye. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, not that any of those things truly mean like someone is a villain. Like obviously like, uh, I mean, this ties in with, with the rest, but like, uh, obviously I think a lot of people are trying to step away from that now with like villains, a lot of villains that we see actually in a lot of like recent properties are just like the most normal looking, like fucking like white guys. Point in case. (laughs) They look so normal, which like in, in the past it's like, Oh, if it looks like a monster, it is a monster. If it looks disturbing, it is bad yeah now it's like if it looks so normal yeah there's like there could be a huge monster under those eyes i feel like there's a bigger conversation to be had obviously about like where we are sort of quasi socially and politically at this point but i do think it is 
a I would say more nuanced uh insidious way to describe villainy that feels i think a lot more relatable which is like i'm kind of jumping the gun here but like which is one of my favorite parts in putting crosshair and rampart in the same on the same team because like it's almost like the more wild the more monstrous uh, traditionally monstrous uh crosshair starts to look the more human he starts to become in the viewer's eyes by comparison to this normal ass looking Dude, just a guy who's truly just a guy he's got like the most common hair color the most common eye color he's just a uh, he's just a fellow he is like he doesn't have even like any sort of defined features no he is a man he's just a guy he doesn't have any scars he doesn't have like a neat haircut he's truly he just have, like a dude yeah like a, yeah like a particularly specific um, nose like he has like unspecified features he exactly. exists in like this really specific like middle zone yeah and like he's not even like oh he's not like oh he's kind of ugly or he's like really hot like he's just sort of a normal looking guy yeah. like and that is so it plays into his character yeah we so see this, well. these two episodes that he's truly like a villain he's, he's truly a, a, a insidious little bastard (laughs) (laughs) and what's crazy is for all of the the crimes that we've seen crosshair do the atrocious things that crosshair has done uh charles rampart is still worse and that is like the best thing that you could have done with these characters yeah again he's supposed to be empire incarnate right like he we don't get the luxury of a backstory for charlie rampart no Uh, we get is we get the luxury of a backstory for crosshair we see why he is the way he is a little bit yeah and there's like not necessarily though that it's supposed to garner like a lot of sympathy but but like but it's meant to garner some some right because like he is inherently someone that could we don't know where his path is i don't i think with charlie rampart we know where his fucking path is and it's we know where it's it's going we know where it is it's he's the villain yeah um he's not supposed to be sympathetic anyway that was a little jumping the gun Uh, no it's okay but it is important here because right we're introducing all of these players and like their relationships to each other we have you know conversations between sham and hera which are great if you're you know a hera fan it's yeah this episode is quite fun looking back because like ripples obviously has been out before this for quite a long time um it's really sweet that we get to see like young hera talking to her father and um just like kind of a little more of her her origin story or a piece of her past yeah Uh, really really sweet um and then okay and then you know we get some more intrigue here with uh sham and eleni sindula revisiting the refinery that rampart is you know talking up to them um and they're continuing to be very shrewd about it Mm -hmm. right um because of you know obviously there's a military presence here and and they say that the empire promises would not be a military you know operation um and I believe it's Eleni says this, right? Mm-hmm. That it's like, and if this is the Empire's version of peace, it's not one we can accept, you know, yeah. then what then, are we going to do? Then what are we going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. She, she, I mean, they're both very capable. And like uh, we, we saw in the beginning of this episode that Sham is very, very charming. And, and he made a really good speech uh, that everyone loved. <laughs> good for him. <laughs> um, uh, but like Eleni is just the whole time she is kind not the brains of the operation but like she is she's kind of the backbone of it she is like incredibly insightful and like shrewd and cunning and like i like that so fucking hot yeah can we talk about how fucking hot she is they had no business making her so hot yeah especially because like sorry male twi'leks and specifically (laughs) sham are so scary they have pointy teeth and red eyes. I mean, I think as a whole, he's not scary because he's like a good he's just person like a in this. He's just a guy. But like, he also he's, doesn't have l- like, let's just dissect the pieces of him for a second. He's and what got, like we did with Crosshair. He's got <laughs> insane red eyes. He's orange. 
which is not like i guess a mantra's color but like it's the, the red and the orange really yeah uh, yeah yep. you know, it was like, a choice he's like modeled after a cheeto or something <laughs> you know, hot cheeto colors um <laughs> he has like a rad tattoo yeah but he's got like uh the, i mean all the twi'leks like, like male twi'leks like a brow bone yeah, like, too really it's just aggressive. Like, really aggressive and intense and then he's got these pointed teeth i like don't a, like some kind of insane carnivore like some kind of insane deep sea fish <laughs> that eats other fish whole <laughs> near hydrothermal like a vents. barracuda <laughs> um yeah they're insane eleni is insanely hot and then they're just like his wife is just like super stunning and to be fair i feel like Hera looks great when she's old i was gonna well. say uh Hera is incredibly beautiful yeah. in revels so like it makes Kanan sense i guess that lucky <laughs> he's, he's truly he is just a guy too he's just a fella but he's great no he is great i mean looks wise though he's just sort of a guy yeah for sure just a tall long sort of man tall long man a tall long man <laughs> long man um anyway yes eleni is very hot she is sort of the the as you said the backbone of all of this but yeah. i do like this yeah th- this concept of like there is an empire like the empire's version of peace mm-hmm. uh and that you know they, they're kind of in a way being two-faced i mean like in a way they are being two-faced but they're, they're trying they're, to manipulate the situation they're to see preaching one yeah. thing and doing another oh exactly thing. They're, they're basically trying to like rampart is basically trying to see how much wool he can pull over these yeah, guys' yeah. eyes. And, and he's slowly realizing that um, not much, if any. Yeah, I was going to say probably not any, right? Um, and yeah, it's wild. Like, we're getting to see the Empire being, and specifically Rampart, who seems to be heading these operations, right? Wildly manipulative. Yeah. Uh, to the point where they're trying to say that an occupation is freedom right yeah. it's like you know these crazy two opposite things but he can do that because he is he's playing the whole board yeah he's basically just like the empire's whole spin team like <laughs> he is <laughs> um so this is going on uh do you have anything else to say about that nope great um so then at, we get just the three minutes that the batch is in this episode um, because Gobi has gone ahead with his plan to yeah we we had this conversation acquire weapons yeah well he's already acquired them he's already by the time we oh, see right. like Sean making uh, uh or, or them turning their weapons and he's just like I've already arranged for more weapons because yeah. I'm not going down quietly um and how does he get these weapons the Sid badge. and the batch yeah I love that um I don't feel like at any point in me watching these episodes uh do i realize that the batch is not in them like it it like because there's so much intrigue and it's yes. so interesting to meet someone who really likes those plot lines uh i'm never i'm so fascinated that i'm when this happens i'm always like oh that's right we have main characters and they haven't been here the entire time so we get you know these scenes with the batch um honestly and we can talk more about this in the character section because this feels like a character section situation mm-hmm. But uh, there is some really cute uh, scenes with Hera and Omega. Yeah, we kind of get this like middle uh, part of this episode that's very um, soft and sweet. Um, it, it serves uh, kind of an, uh, an antithesis to the rest of the the episode, which is a lot about intrigue and like things are starting to heat up and, you know, people are becoming unhappy. Tension is building. Um, and then we get this really sweet scene between Hera and Omega um, on the the marauder yeah uh which we can talk about later but yep. uh, I, I like the the pace change a little bit of yeah this it's it's keeping it, things hopeful it's not like i feel like uh, again i kind of compared the like intrigue in this episode to game of thrones earlier but like game of thrones basically just like intrigue 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 like it doesn't give you a break no um there's nothing overtly like sweet 
about no game of thrones not really <laughs> uh not followed by immediately someone dying or something yeah. terrible happening um but yeah no i it, again it's very uh wholesome and sweet to have this uh stand this this part between them stand opposite the growing tension and intrigue yeah um all right so <laughs> they leave um and uh, the back half of this episode is mostly action mostly action and, and deeply confusing and just very fast paced yeah right because uh, essentially Gobi and the third person with them and Hera um return to Ryloth they are caught by the empire they get shot down um and they are arrested yes um despite the fact that um Hera is a child to mm-hmm. which Hauser protests um and we see Rampart um Rampart and Senator Ta are there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there we can see scheming happening, right? Because we also see that Rampart like um, t- sends Crosshair up onto a ridge and is just like, be ready, stand ready. Oh, he's got full control of the situation. Yeah, like he knows exactly th- what's going on. He's waiting for the moment that he needs to strike. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's interesting to see here like sort of Senator Ta in his own interest, right? Because he's like, oh, this like obviously implicates like Shams and Dula, which is like what he wants. And Rampart, yeah. interestingly, is like, well, we don't have like enough to implicate. Yeah. Which is fascinating. I don't know. You think as we've seen him, him playing the whole board, he could finagle that into something that worked for them. But it's because I mean, he's a bigger plan going. Well, on. yeah, he's I mean, he's currently finagling it. And this is only like a piece of his plan because we see later what happens is that uh, the Sindulas realize that their daughter is uh, being arrested by the Empire and they mount a, a yeah. rescue mission. Um, which is, you know, playing into his hand. Which exactly. again, yeah, is literally them kind of committing treason. Yeah. Like, um, and, and even more so, right? Like, you know, they're able to get Hera that, back. Yeah, and that's they, not even where he stops. Right, you know, and, and there's all this crazy shit going on and then, you know, they get Hera back, they kind of corner senator ta and rampart and hauser is also there but like you know and they send hera away with chopper who um we haven't mentioned but, has been here but before that happens uh shaman ta are like uh reaching um kind of a oh, boiling yeah. point between yeah, them because yeah, yeah. they do not like each other uh we, we obviously have seen senator ta in the clone wars and he is the same he's kind of a bumbling yeah uh, he's kind of ass yeah i was gonna say in it for himself he's in it he's selfish he's bumbling he's a kiss ass he he's very incapable or incapable uh of a lot of things he does seem to just be there because like he he really feels like a dumb career politician exactly. just like I, I don't care i just like, or like this a, lifestyle um, like he was put there because he was like you know how to easily a, to manipulate a family member yeah. who like recommended him it was like one of those a nepotism situation yeah, yeah yeah that's the word i couldn't remember <laughs> i was like it's <laughs> not any of the words i can think of anyway um but yeah so there and sham gets so mad that like uh his daughter was put into jeopardy um because of this bumbling idiot uh and that he pulls a gun on him he's yeah. like ready to shoot him right um and i like I, I don't remember exactly what rampart says but like Taw's basically like you need to help me and rampart's just like he's the one with a gun like he he's got people on the ridge yeah, he could totally like if he wanted ta alive he would have done something it's, um but this is exactly what he was hoping yeah 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 he essentially organized this right and, yeah and i think he he wanted uh he wanted uh sham to shoot yeah uh, ta fully yeah. shoot him dead um but, but Elaine has, comes up because but, but he's got a kick-ass wife yeah and she's just like he's hot and knows what's going on and she's literally just like don't do this in front of Hera basically like yeah. the, the, you don't need to be Taw's reckoning it will come yeah uh and it does come about a second later when Crosshair shoots Taw 
and Rampart's just like, you, everyone saw it. Sham uh, shot Senator Todd. Just the boldness he goes with. Like, I think, and right, this is what closes out the episode, right? Todd is fully dead. Fully dead. Fully, fully dead, right? And then we have Hauser there, the Sindulas, and Rampart. And Rampart is like spinning the situation like he wasn't just shot through the head like, by by like literally someone else like yeah, obviously like, it would be impossible he, yeah. for sham to do that from you know where he was yeah. um like i i think we just get to see a face of the empire that we just haven't seen before like again every other imperial fuckwad that we've ever encountered has never really been like conniving i would say like most of it is just like in in terms of like they're trying to get more power for themselves they're prideful but like rampart doesn't necessarily seem like he's i don't know he's not the same vibe but he doesn't suffer from the sin of hubris it seems he's just like so honestly it seems like he's in it for the love of the game truly i was gonna say like this like wild political (laughs) scheming truly it's it's like it's like effortless it feels like to him um or at least the way he he does things is very effortless he's always in control of the situation which is like truly like him being painted as just like the most normal guy is so terrifying yeah uh yeah truly again like it's so wild to see this side of him this Mm -hmm. kind of feels like a culmination between these episodes right where it's like we're seeing him be like kind of wild in this and we've never seen him be be like this before right we've only the bits and bits and pieces pieces that we get are like so calm so collected so like has the right things to say to like coerce people like Tarkin and the Kaminoans into like his ideas, right? And I feel like it doesn't come off like that sinister when we've seen it previously. But then with this, yeah, it, he's, it's a little sketchy, but it's like, okay. He, um, he's mostly been painted as like a pretty capable, yeah. uh, you know, uh, person. Yeah. But this is like. This is beyond capable. Overwhelming. This is yeah. like scheming to like an insane degree and like even though like what he originally wanted which was for sham to shoot uh, senator ta even though that fell uh, out that that kind of re- lenny kind of wrecked his plan yeah. in that he was not leaving anything to chance like he had someone up there on the ridge he had crosshair specifically up there on the ridge to complete his plan should uh, a rock be thrown in it yeah um he is like i said he's he's playing the whole board like he has he's five steps ahead he knows exactly what's going on truly and he is i think we're uh, understanding right he is not someone to be fucked around with yeah. um, like even more so than crosshair no truly like i mean crosshair i don't think was ever painted as like do not fuck with me like he's never been like that kind of villain he's been the kind of uh angry passionate um he's almost like the overly emotional exactly like, yeah guided yeah. by his whims essentially which per our previous conversations about the way that we see like kind of classic dark side light side uh star wars themes happening in that this show sense. sans the jedi it's really interesting to have our main primary villain be the calm cool collected one yeah. the one uh, with a plan yeah it's almost how we see like uh in the original trilogy we only ever see like palpatine until the very end of it we only really see him being kind of like a weird melty old guy who's like (laughs) (laughs) kind of weird um like obviously he's pulling the strings but like vader's always been the one with the temper uh it's almost like we're seeing that again where it's like you know but it's in this instead of a melty uh madame tussauds wax man (laughs) who sat in the sun for too long it's 
Charlie Rampart. Yeah. Uh, who's just the most normal looking fellow he's ever. He's just like, I don't know. He's so much more scary too. Like he feels a lot more human. Yes. Right. And yeah. like, I mean, intentionally. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's also wild to see too that like our big bad, like you said, is the one who's cool, calm and collected with a plan. Mm-hmm. But like also like in a really weird way is trying to do this like, I mean, he's conniving. He's playing the whole board. I don't think he cares about like violence per se, like if that happens. But like the original plan, right, was just to like use Ta to convince the people of Ryloth that the Empire was good. Well, right? he was presented with a problem because senator ta is loyal to him he wants senator ta wants to kiss his ass so hard uh that's the only thing he knows how to do (laughs) yeah um but the people don't like him yeah and the people like sham and sham and eleni are starting to not like the empire so uh, charlie rampart's got a problem it's a complex problem so he needs to take both of them out in a way that does not implicate him and he does that yes uh, interestingly, it seems that the original intention does seem to be like they are like kind of doing this under the guise of peace, right? The goal yeah. of the empire is to be an empire. Mm-hmm. They want more people and more power under their control. What I'm essentially trying to say is it's interesting that we're not seeing a Star Wars villain who's like, I'm just going to destroy everything. Oh, truly. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's mostly what we get. Yeah. He is in a really weird way. Uh, essentially sitting in the position that like the Jedi Council and the Senators did in the Republic where he's like the person with a plan, right? Yeah, exactly. And now our our protagonists and per se the good guys in this situation are kind of like the super underdogs. I, I feel like that's almost so much scarier to have a, a villain, obviously, like with a plan versus like, we. I mean, we've seen Crosshair be scary previously, but when he's lacking his um, goal of like annihilating the Batch or getting his revenge on the Batch, like he's kind of just like he has time to think and like be just kind of there and not be he's not motivated by something like rampart is motivated he has a plan he has a goal he has an end goal and what's wild is like again the end goal doesn't seem like we've seen with other imperial people it doesn't seem to be like oh i want to be like it's, yeah, it's the, not the most best. Imper- it's like he literally is just doing it for the game and mm-hmm. like for the empire. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked about this previously, but the fact that he seems like unabashedly um, for the empire, yeah. like agrees with their policies, is like insane. <laughs> it really is. Okay, so we're moving on to episode twelve. Um, the rock that does get end up uh, does end up getting thrown into. Uh, into rampart's plan is Hera getting away because yeah. she's the one who saw what actually happened yeah that- she's essentially like a loose end yeah in like he com- i mean he almost said he it's like he committed a murder and so there was a witness i mean he did commit a murder and it's there sort is of a like witness. that yeah. <laughs> um anyway so Hera decides to um contact the only people she knows yeah her parents are now arrested she's alone uh, with chopper i guess uh and and she ends up contacting the batch because they're kind of her her only hope in this situation yeah um and it is sorry important to note that right before this um we see rampart addressing Uh, the twi'leks which at this point i do not think i would fucking show up to these things like if i was a twi'lek hey you guys are gonna be like another uh, imperial (laughs) assembly in the courtyard you want to (laughs) go i would be like no no they're bad um i guess though if your planet was under an occupation a you probably don't have a choice and b you would probably want to know what's going on so a lot of them still think that like chom is that's fair uh Um, yeah there so rampart lets everyone know and this is like another really interesting like scheming 
thing that he's doing uh which always confuses me but like he essentially says that senator ta is still alive and that sham attempted to murder him mm-hmm. um which is honestly so smart i like I, I for a while i was just like why is he like even like he doesn't admit that like he's dead i was like why is he not doing that um and it's because if they knew that like both sham is out of the picture because of treason reasons treason uh, reasons <laughs> treason reasons sounds like a like a weird cereal name. <laughs> what would the cereal shape be? I think I'm just I'm thinking of like raisins, trees and raisins. It sounds like that. Anyway, yep. Uh-huh. Really, really good joke that I just made. Um <laughs> Yeah, so since Sham is out of the picture because of treason uh Raisins. Reasons. <laughs> um if they also knew that Senator Ta was no more, they basically don't have like a leader. A, a leader. They don't have a government. It's between it's all of them versus the empire. Um, like shit would break loose. Like yeah, yeah. It, uh, essentially, and this is kind of to my point. In a way, Rampart is trying to keep the peace while because doing like a takeover. Yeah, like it's so much easier to just handle things rather than like yeah. have to deal with the fallout of like okay we had to eliminate basically this entire planet uh, news spreading of that everyone else becoming yeah restless. it becomes like a problem it becomes a problem with their advertisement uh they their advertisements <laughs> <laughs> no i was gonna say they're advertising themselves as like peace victory like yeah, yay, yeah, the yeah, war's yeah. they over. are they're trying to sell a product exactly. to these people yeah. and they are still to trying the whole galaxy to- uh, keep a lid on what is actually exactly. going on right um so yeah it is fucking wild to me and i love that hauser goes up to him after right and he's like i we i was there we that's both not know what happened. that yeah. that's not what happened and Ram- I, I love this shot too because it's like it's kind of from hauser's like pov because you see rampart's profile before he turns and he's just like oh is that so is that like the cool like he has like underneath he's got that that vibe that some serial killers have where it's like you would Truly. never ha- have yeah. guessed sort yeah. of a thing where it's like they're so calm. He's, as you like to say, has Ted, Ted Bundy, Bundy eyes. eyes. <laughs> he has Ted Bundy eyes. Yeah, he does. he's the Ted Bundy of this universe. This calm, collected, never even doubts what he did was wrong or is insane or whatever. Truly. Like he is doing that level of crazy right like you now. Would, if you just showed someone a picture of Rampart, they'd be like, that guy? He did it? I don't think so. <laughs> he was always so nice. But just like, look at him. He's just a guy. <laughs> exactly. That's how they get you. <laughs> um, But yeah, so that like is, I think, a deeply unsettling way to start an episode. But we're also getting like, you know, Hauser, who's previously been loyal to, you know, yeah. what used to be the Republic, right? We're Hauser is such a good perspective to add in this. Like mm-hmm. this, these two episodes are crazy complicated. Crazy but the addition of Hauser is so important for a number of reasons. But um, yeah, the inclusion of Hauser has a really interesting like effect on these. Like we get to see him. I mean, the Bash gets to, gets to see him. He gets to play against Crosshair. He gets to play against Rampart because Hauser is like a good man. Like he's essentially like the Rex in this situation. Yes. And like he's like the same amount of sweet that like Rex is and the same amount of good that Rex is, right? Like he's a, a another like... He's essentially a standard and like he has such kind eyes. He does have kind eyes. And I mean, there's a reason why everyone loves Hauser. He's great. Um, but right. Like it's so unsettling to essentially see what we're now understanding as like an insane evil person in Rampart confronting like a good, like a good person. Mm-hmm. And like, how would a good person react in this situation yeah. becomes kind of like 
yeah hauser's plotline throughout this whole yeah episode. hauser kind of at this moment i think starts to realize that he's in pretty fucking yeah, hot yeah, yeah, water yeah, yeah. if your boss looked at you with ted bundy eyes and said you know that yeah. was like i don't know what you're talking about what are you I would talking be like, about to something that you totally know you what fully, you saw fully were there yeah. and saw i would be like and i'm leaving I'd be like, okay i haven't put my two weeks in actually just my like two hours i'm leaving i have to go <laughs> if you try to follow me i'll Shoves find you breadsticks into first <laughs> i have to go um right okay so we finally see the batch again. The batch finally gets back introduced. Um, we get a really interesting scene that I, I love for a number of reasons. I think the dialogue here is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting as it explains the characters that are here, but I, I think the sort of important part is right. So Omega has given Hera their transmission code, essentially their cell number, yeah, her the, dad's cell number. I love that this is basically the equivalent of her being like, do you want my dad's cell phone number for I don't emergencies? A, I don't have a phone, but my dad does. But my dad's so awesome and he has a phone and he could definitely help you if you're in an emergency. <laughs> I love her so She's much. She's great. She's just so like bubbly. Anyway, um, and then so Hera is in trouble and contacts them and mm-hmm. they get this transmission that's like, please help me. Like, you know, uh, I'm on Ryloth, et cetera. Remember me. Um, and I like that they have this conversation that's like, we can't help everyone. It's yeah. a big galaxy. And Omega is like, why the fuck not? <laughs> like, she's like, that's that's weird because earlier <laughs> yeah, you basically and told the me. fucking yeah. look. <laughs> On Hunter's face because she's like, isn't that what soldiers do? And she means it in the sweetest way possible. She's not being sarcastic. She's not being a a dick. It's a genuine question. She's just like, isn't that what soldiers do? She's like, I thought we that's what we're doing. The look. The look this guy gives where he's like, oh, no. I love that you can like almost hear like the other badge members like expressions of just like, ah, yeah. Ah, shit. (laughs) Like, like Hunter's like, oh, yeah, you're right. Like. It's almost like a little hopeful and a little like, ah, crap. I walk myself into this. <laughs> yeah, really? Um, and it's just, it's so good. Like, I feel like we're really cementing Omega as like having like, you know, being a, a solid part of the batch, right? Which we get to see a, a, quite a few times in this episode, despite the fact that she's not really the focus. Um, but she is like really, really cementing herself as someone with like a moral opinion and like mm-hmm. stance on things. She's learning so, so much so quickly. And she's, I mean, we knew, we like, she was always kind of established as like, the sweet like also another like moral character here um but she's really really like this is how far i've come and i've learned this and i have earned this yeah not unlike last week's up ep- last week's episode last episode <laughs> um she has like this kind of newfound confidence that feel makes her feel like she's older than like yeah. when we first started the season mm-hmm. right um and she is just like using that to like she's using her brain right she she knows what she wants to do and she's like understands why and she's gonna question things she doesn't believe in and she's gonna do like she wants to do the right thing like she's been shown the right thing through all of these experiences with different members of the batch and like she's now like thriving in that right like i love that we're getting to a point in this season where like our characters are having payoff right we've seen her learn enough that she is like being able to confidently step forward Mm -hmm. I also love that like Hunter and the rest of the batch don't argue with her. No. They bolster her. They're They're like, you know what? Yeah, that is the right thing. And like, I, that, that is what that means. And I'm not going to argue with you about it. Like, it's really interesting too that like, uh, I like that tech is like, oh, well, like children rules sometimes like exaggerate. Mm -hmm. And I love that she's like, no, it's not that situation. And no one is ever like, 
they like they don't continue with that logic they're just like okay yeah like i also really like that like echo doesn't i mean echo barely talks in this whole episode which is crazy but um but it also makes sense because it's like i mean he would probably agree with doing this like he's been on missions with the jedi and this is their shit is like fully insane rescue missions because some one person asked them right yeah like it makes sense right and it just I don't know. It's nice to see them work in this sort of cohesive way. I imagine Echo is just standing in the back, just being like, that's, that's my girl. girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So they get back to Ryloth. They are, they, they tentatively agree to help Hera. Uh, and so what they do is they go to survey the situation. Yeah. Hunter's basically like, okay, fine. We'll, we'll take a look and see what we can do for you. Um, and while they are surveilling the city, uh, they catch eyes, uh, or Omega is the one who um, notices that Crosshair is Crosshair. here. Crosshair. Crosshair. <laughs> he's here. Um, uh, and it is, yeah, the first time they've seen them since Bracca, yeah. right? And like... When he tried to burn them in an ion engine. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting because he was chasing them, but I don't know if they knew that it was him that was chasing them off planet. No, they knew. Did they know it was him? Yes. Oh, I guess they said Crosshair's still chasing us. I was going to say, like... It's also, like, a pretty seamless, like, continuation of, like, the last episode. Yeah. No, I meant, like, from their eyes, do they know that it's him in that ship chasing them? Because it's not like they have comms open. He's like, it's me, bitch. I mean, it's it's irrelevant if, like, he's actually in the ship, but it's, like, the team, the Empire What I'm trying to say is, is there a place where, like, they thought he was, like, dead because of what happened on Bracca? I actually don't even think that they understood what happened. Oh, because they because weren't they, seeing it. Yeah, they don't. They didn't know he got caught in. The, he got it by the ion <laughs> engine yeah. because they were busy blowing it up to like fall yeah, and yeah, escape. Yeah. So I was I, gonna I say don't, they were falling, so I guess they didn't. We saw it. I don't we think, know. Yeah, we know. I don't think they know what happened. Yeah. Um. So this is the first time they're seeing him, though not with his helmet off. Um. But. Uh, yeah, so once again, Rampart is, is trying to sort of coerce the crowd into believing him. He's claiming that Senator Ta, um, his con- condition is improving, correct? Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, he's still alive and he's getting better. Don't worry about it, guys. And they're like, okay. They're like, that's weird. Um, but yeah, the important part here is that they see Crosshair and they are understanding that this job is like way bigger than they thought it was, right? Like, yeah. right, because Rampart talks about um, a coup or like attempted murder. Mm-hmm. Um and they're like, hey, Hera, you didn't tell us about that. And she's like, that's not what happened. Yeah. Um, so they are once again full of doubt um, and leave. <laughs> yeah. And they're basically like, listen, we can get, they're talking to Hera, like we can get you off world. Like we'll, we'll still help you. Like they're not just like, oh, whatever. Like you're left to your own devices. Um, but they're like, we can't get involved in this. Like this is too much for us. Yeah. Uh, I specifically like that Hunter is like talking to her and he's like, you know, it doesn't matter if we're dead like yeah she because she's bartering with them basically she's like i can pay we can my parents can pay you more like if you get them out and he's just like all the money in the world doesn't matter to me if like we're dead um but yeah so basically he's like no uh, we're not gonna do what you want us to do in in that like meaning rescue your parents yeah because it's just it's too we can't do it it's just too much entire fucking empire is here uh Um, and our scary brother (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah, I love this conversation that she, he has with Omega where Omega basically is just like, what are you doing? Like, why aren't you helping these people? They asked us for help and we can help them. Um, and he's like, being strategic, strategic means knowing your limitations. Um, and Omega just delivers this like crazy line of just like, she's trying to save her family hunter. Like, I would do the same for you. Um, and, it, and this is the second time in this epi- the episode that she completely obliterates him. He's yeah. just like, oh damn, okay. Yeah, like a- absolutely like, 
and again, she's not doing it to be like manipulative either. No, like, she's, she is like she's genuine. genuine. She yeah. w- she would she would do the same for him. Yeah, and and you know, I mean, has I I mean, guess like they've all been in these like crazy situations where they yeah. have to help each other, right? Exactly. Uh, the, this line in particular is like crazy foreshadowing, but anyway. Yep. Yep. Um, it's just good. I love seeing, again, it's kind of nice that in the, these back half episodes, we're not necessarily having to establish relationship things. We're getting to sort of thrive in the like relationships that we've created. And by we, I mean the people who made this show that we get to enjoy. <laughs> no, I mean, we get to enjoy the payoff moments between this yeah. because like you couldn't have this moment of like, she's trying to save her family. I do the same for you. You're my family. Without the You're entire all my brothers. Previous episode. Without all of the rest of the season, honestly. Yeah. Um, I also would like particularly like to call out that she says right because after this is when she talks to Hera about it right and she's like he can be a little whatever sometimes but we can convince him yeah yeah and like uh and she's like Hera is like what are they to you and she's like oh they're my he's my brother Brother. they They all all are um and it's always really funny to me because we've talked about how Hunter and and also Echo take very like parental roles when it comes to Omega and the others kind of take sort of siblings roles. Uh, I was thinking about the fact that she uses brother and not dad right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but h- how interesting is it that it's like she doesn't have probably an understanding of what like a, a father is outside of like seeing cut, right? Yeah. Like cut and Sue. There's like maybe the only parents that she's ever like actually interacted with. But like brothers, she understands, right? She grew yeah. up on Camino where everyone is a brother, mm-hmm. right? So like that holds that word holds probably a lot of emotion to it as well. A lot more emotion than like dad would ever because like like, she doesn't have a personal concept of what that means to her and like it is so sweet too because like i mean you imagine her growing up and she's seeing all of these clones who are so close to each other calling each other brother they're like they're family they're they would die for each other they do die for each other and so like we get this really sweet line of like it's not only that they're family it's like they're that connected as like the clones are i mean and like obviously they are clones but like in an episode where we're getting like sort of like clone wars and rebels meeting in one yeah and then this like high-fiving super hard (laughs) amazing call out of like they're my brothers Uh, it's just i i feel like it harkens back to so much like clone wars history and like such a love letter to like all clone wars and rebels fans it's just so sweet that we get that and i feel like there's also sort of a level of equals that comes with brothers mm-hmm. rather than they're my parents so yeah they're exactly. in charge of me they she she could have even said family like yeah uh but she doesn't she says brothers yeah yeah it's they good. are they're connected in a way that's so specific like that and i feel like it's so sweet to use that word specifically and to so simply say that he is my brother they all are mm-hmm. um and I love that hair is like confused, but she's like, whatever. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. She's like, okay. <laughs> she's like, I'm not going to do the math on this one. Um, yeah. So the uh, next scene, we go back to Rampart. Um, and he's, uh, I-, I love that the-, the scene catches them in the middle of a conversation. It's just like, I don't know. It just seems like such a good. It feels so like, again, we're not wasting time. No. Why would we waste and time it- setting up a scene of them? Like, well, and it feels so organic too, because I feel like a lot of the times in Clone Wars, we would, we would like quote-unquote like catch people in the middle of a conversation but like it would be like silence as the camera pushes up on them and then they'd be like talking anyway yeah (laughs) it's like not uh and background npcs in a video game where they say like half of a line because you're supposed to hear them in passing but like they are just standing there saying (laughs) no one is talking yeah Yeah, exactly um but rampart's basically being like i want all of the sindula supporters rounded up um yeah this is when he says that that he says he's so frustrated with hauser right he says hauser in such a way like this voice 
voice actor fucking kicks ass. He's so um, good. I, I mean, like, even when he, like, Char- not that Charles Smith from Red Dead is not um, no, he's incredible an incredible well. character. But I I remember playing, replaying, like, the first part of that game not too long ago and just being, like, there's a certain scene when Charles is, like, getting on his horse and he just, like, so perfectly delivers this line of, like, it feels like it's, it, he's exerting and, like, yeah. uh, I don't know, this voice actor is just really, really good. good. <laughs> he is. Um, but, yeah, like, I love how, like, frustrated he is in this line and that, like, like some isn't good enough hauser it has to be all of them it's like almost, there is a he's a almost just like anno- he's annoyed yeah he's just like no hauser like it has to be all of them uh like you could hear him rolling his yeah, eyes yeah um and i i feel like this like obviously really gives us an understanding of like the empire is all or nothing there is no stragglers like you know there are no rebels in the empire it is everyone is under this the, the cloud of the empire yeah. essentially we have this really crazy moment in this scene where uh, Rampart and Hauser are talking and they walk into Senator's office, which is now Rampart's office. Um, and Crosshair's there and he's basically there to deliver the news that, hey, the batch is on world. And yeah. like, I think they're trying to do this and he, you know, can I stop them? And Rampart's just like, I gave you a job to do and you're not doing it. I yeah. gave you a job to do and that was find Hera. Yeah. And um, I'm concerned that you're not going to be able I, to do that. This scene is, kicks fucking ass <laughs> because like it's so punchy in the way we're like, right, because it's Hauser and Rampart walking into this yes. room, right? And then mid-conversation is when they see that Crosshair is there, um, right? And Hauser is still in the room uh, in yeah. Senator Ta's office, right? And like the fact that, yeah, Crosshair is like, hey, the batches on world like you know this is a problem and he's like hey i gave you a fucking job and, and you haven't gotten it done and yet. you're not doing it and i love the like so do it before i give it to a different person like understanding that like hauser is that other person yeah and the look they give to each other it's so sustained like, it's so oh my god i love that we are putting so much importance right because we spend so much time with like the looks between the two of them mm-hmm. and like crosshair specifically mm-hmm. how important the emotional beats are here mm-hmm. the underlying emotional beats that like especially with crosshair we don't even necessarily have words for because he's kind no. of in a enigma he, he, up yeah, in he there. he's not um verbally expressive he's no. not like uh, yeah his, his eyes though his eyebrows his the eyes, way that he emotes holy shit the, these because, would be the animators holy shit <laughs> <laughs> no truly because like crosshair looks at hauser in such um a, a mean way like yeah, he's just yeah. like you're not gonna fucking take my job yeah. and hauser looks at him like i don't want your hauser job. looks like a deer in the fucking head he looks like a deer in the headlights but he's also just like He's just like, I don't, he's like almost like a little shy about it. Like, yeah, because I think he's like trying to reconcile looking at another clone who, albeit, looks very different from him. Um, but like, he has a monocle tattoo. (laughs) He has a monocle tattoo. Yeah. I was just like, where'd you get that? (laughs) Can I get one? Can I, can you give me a ticket? was like, no. No. (laughs) Uh, Hazard already looks rad as fuck. He does. He's perfect Um, in every single way. And words can't bring him down. Yeah. Maybe they can. It's Um, okay. This, this episode's definitely for the bisexuals because we get, (laughs) we get Eleni, uh, being so hot and then also Hazard being incredibly hot also. This one, this one's for the bi's. This one goes out for the bi's um I, i'm sorry i'm so distracted by the um, attractive the looks, people in the this. looks that oh, they yes. give to each other but like hauser's look almost is like I, i'm not trying to challenge you like you're you are conceptually another clone you are conceptually my brother you are like i'm not yeah it's, it's not an equal like competitive no like, it's like I'm it's gonna, truly it's a really awkward situation from hauser's truly. point of view and then like 
And then we get Crosshair, who, like, is... He has a wild... I, there is, like, a softer emotion in there in his eyes. And then, like... Yeah. Like, almost like, you know, like, he's scared, right? Every time we see his, uh, uh, like, an expression on him, he goes through, like, eight emotions. It's crazy. But, like, my, my read on him is that he's, like, right, he's a little scared that he's, yeah. like, you know, he's being threatened, right? And he likes the situation that he finds himself in. He is comfortable here, mm-hmm. right? The fact of, like, being usurped by another clone is, like, not something he wants to do. Yeah. And he always lands on, like, this resolute nature. Mm-hmm. Um it's just wild it's wild that we have yeah we have this scene just like in all of these other like (laughs) it's a bullet train there's so much intrigue going on and then we have in the middle of it we have like clones pitted against each other's like moralities essentially yeah truly like i mean we we're probably getting into this in the character section but like hauser i mean we've established crosshair and hunter as as foils uh as the two kind of pillars of this of this group basically um but like hauser is such like a crazy like sub foil to how to yeah, crosshair yeah. specifically in this episode like they they set up so much like long distance like shots of them looking at each other too yeah, like yeah there's like a threat there's like a blatant like yeah threat and like a mirror happening like they are two sides of a spectrum and they know it yeah um so when we sort of uh uh look away from that uh we're back to the batch and omega and Hera, and they do come up with a plan to rescue her parents yes which is that the batch agrees to that the batch does agree to that the the girls come up with which i love as a detail Mm -hmm. um again once again omega sort of showing her strategic prowess her sort of grown-up nature right and again i love that these big war boys are like yes um you you 10 year olds i mean good idea we'll do it can do it (laughs) um right so so the second half of this episode is really action-based because essentially they're uh, doing a hit on the refinery so the batch to distract. Is, yeah, the batch's issue with, like, rescuing the Sindulas was that the capital is extremely well fortified. Yeah. And, like, they're, most of the military is there. And so, basically, Omega and Hera come up with the idea that if we hit the uh, Imperial um, refinery. refinery, then they'll have to send people yeah. uh, there, which will empty the capital. Yeah. Um, and they do just that um truly the it's it starts getting real sticky here at the last part of this episode Mm -hmm. right when um crosshair stays behind instead of going to the refinery with the rest of his squad because he like senses that something is up because he knows how the batch works and he's just like this smacks of them yeah yeah right because he knows their playbook we've talked about this before exactly um and then meanwhile you know um the batch is is springing well it's hunter and echo are getting the syndulas and their and goby and all of them out of prison Mm -hmm. and they're attempting to escape um it's you yeah. know and then they're intercepted by hauser right and this is like kind of because they're about yeah they're about to walk into crosshair's our trap plot lines start converging yeah. right so we get like i don't know it's wild to see like all of these like different types of clones and like stormtroopers and stuff kind of all interacting together because we have you know hauser who's a reg we have the batch we have crosshair who's like doing his own thing like previously have, like the new clones yeah, previously it's been like the the clones um up like opposite the batch yeah and now it's like now it's getting complicated very very complicated um but they do it so well and like again i love that in this like 11th hour hauser like runs up to them and is like you can't leave out of there like there's an entire force on the other side of that while you can't do that they know that you're coming and like ultimately they know that you're coming because fucking crosshair is here Mm -hmm. um and, and just like this sort of like emotions that the syndulas and stuff go through of like having to trust hauser again yeah because like like, they had a scene earlier where they were basically like i I, we trusted you at one point and 
And you fucked up. You fucked it up and we're not going to trust you again. Yeah. And he looked so hurt. It's just like he, Hauser here specifically shows like really, really interesting colors, right? Because like they, you know, come up with a plan to leave else elsewhere, right? Mm-hmm. They, they're they're going to steal Senator Ta's ship. It's not like he fucking needs it. He's dead. <laughs> um, which, by the way, what did they do with the body? Uh, the only uh, incinerate the, it <laughs> probably we see them wheeling it away in like a <laughs> almost at a forklift it's not a forklift <laughs> like a gurney it, no it's like a cart like it's got a handle like a push like cart a, it's like a flat cart from home depot <laughs> but it floats <laughs> mm. i know they don't care about being respectful but what, <laughs> but what the fuck um god anyway um, that's the last time we see it yeah rip i guess um, <laughs> literally, rip. <laughs> literally rip um but we get to see hauser uh instead of going with them right he decides to stay behind because they were like come with us like you're yeah they'll know yeah. that it's you and he's just like i can't leave and the the shot we get of him being like pers- i cannot abandon my squad they're good <sighs> men i have to try to get through to them is like I love that we're seeing this from a reg, right? Mm-hmm. Like a reg reg. Like he looks great, but he's a reg, right? Like <laughs> he looks great, but he's a reg. Right? Like, so we can assume that like, you know, he is a normal person. You know, he's seen Jedi before. He's seen combat before. He's been stationed here. He's, you know, was made for the exact same reason that they were. And like, presumably has his inhibitor chip still working well i think that's like a huge another thing that's that, like, like a big old question mark a, a on this crazy episode. question that they don't really address Answer. but like no. is meant to be in your mind this whole time because like crosshair is presumably still operating under yeah. his yeah. chip right we haven't talked about that but like we haven't touched that right but with that that's like the out for all of his behavior his crazy behavior right yeah, yeah. it's uh, a scapegoat it, essentially right up until now now we assume now that we like, get, Ho- like Hauser, um, I was called him Hoser. <laughs> Hosier? Hosier. Hosier. I honestly, yeah, Hosier. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, now Hauser, who presumably still has inhibitor chip, I mean, he didn't get, uh, like, he's still here. Yeah. Um, he's so, not dead. Or yeah, murdered. so he presumably followed those orders. Yeah. Uh, um, he's acting incredibly nobly and good yeah, he has he still has a moral compass yeah. even though he has the same scapegoat that crosshair exactly. has exactly again there's a difference which is clearly the writers being like there it's an yeah yeah and again this is why we're kind of saying that like crosshair and hauser become like sub foils mm-hmm. right because it's it's essentially we're creating a contrast between like and i love that it is a question that goes unanswered it's not even a question that gets brought forth right it's just like there are people and regardless of the circumstance you know you have a choice to be good or you have a choice to do shitty fucking things Mm -hmm. uh and uh you know these are the choices that people make and we get to see you know what they do with it right and for hauser that's not only like staying behind it is going out there and fucking trying to convince his brothers to change their fucking minds and that's like bananas i don't know to me it takes so much to do that that's real big dick energy real big dick energy (laughs) not to mention especially on the heels of episode 10 Uh right where echo has to tell the separatist guys like you have to fight you have to live for like another day yeah live another another day yeah exactly right like 
the, the fact that no one is like hauser you have to you know live to fight another yeah. day he there he's like i have to do this because i am not gonna abandon my squad exactly. and that they just like see that respect the hell out of that and yeah. they're like this is a good man also the fact that like presumably all of the rest so like let me hold on yeah uh, let me hold on <laughs> he goes out there and he does give his like inspiring speech and basically yeah. just yeah. like this is wrong we've been fighting for these people and now we're treating them like this it's yeah, not we've okay turned on them um he gives his uh speech and like uh, at least half of the yeah, squad stands about 50%. down yeah they stand down which like presumably they also have their inhibitor chips i mean they yeah. wouldn't be like they're more out and Rex. operational if uh they didn't yeah right um and, and he gets through them yeah uh which is incredible yeah. i mean he, they I, promptly all get arrested but like yeah but like there is uh, again it's showing us that these people regs you know with their inhibitor chips they're not without reason mm-hmm. like to be fair to an extent we saw this with cody right in mm-hmm. episode three that yeah. he pulls back because you know he has a responsibility or relationship with obi-wan right like mm-hmm. he's like mm, i serve with that guy so i'm just gonna like essentially benefit of the doubt i'm not gonna look for him like there's still like he fell down that big hole he's probably <laughs> dead <laughs> anyway anyway <laughs> i did see him jump off like 800 things that were bigger than that but whatever we don't have to talk about that um yeah like mr osha officer wouldn't immediately just be like <laughs> first of all this we need to secure this hole <laughs> Cody's like, anyway, everyone gets to work. Don't really. Don't look. Just go. go. <laughs> Don't look up the, to the man who fell down that hole. He's dead. I'm sure he is. We need to. We need to secure this hole now. It's the important part. <laughs> and they're just like, okay, stop saying the word hole. <laughs> Can you say pit maybe? Or like ravine? Big, big pit, please? No. Hole. <laughs> it's a dangerous hazard. Look what happened. Osha Cody, who like is blaming the death of his commander on like no handrails <laughs> instead of the fact that he they all shot would. at him. He's wearing high vis. He, he always is. has been. Anyway, um, God fuck <laughs> what we're so doing. Sorry. Oh, we're essentially talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. So all that to say, it, Hauser in these moments and the regs that he gets through to are proving a point that like y- these regs, despite inhibitor chip stuff, are still human people. They still have thoughts. They're still their own people. They're still uh, oh able to reason yeah and uh, uh the- yeah so they, they get arrested and then um we get this little scene of the syndulas and hunter and echo um escaping on the shuttle yes yeah, so they the last shot we see on ryloth is the shuttle leaving and crosshair on the balcony uh he shoots at them a couple times yes he does interestingly and he, misses. he misses he misses and he never misses or does he miss we don't know I mean, he misses the shots. <laughs> no, I know. But I mean, like, did he mean to do that? Or yeah, it was it intentional? The, yeah. Again, it's wild that like, he did he has miss a, or did he, he just sort of like. He has a long range sniper rifle and he's not shooting something he should be able to shoot. It's a pretty big target. Yeah. Again, it's suspicious. Questions were raised in these episodes, like a lot of big fucking questions. <sighs> these episodes are so good. <laughs> these episodes are wildly good and confusing and interesting and intriguing. And they're. I don't know why people aren't talking about these more. Like specifically these episodes. As a, as a creative person and a writer, I, I one day hope to write something as, as good as these episodes. Two episodes and they did this. Like again, we're not even using the batch that much. No. We're, we essentially made new characters <laughs> to like fuck about with and like, the, and they did all of this in two episodes. It's insane. I mean, but like, it, even though like it doesn't involve too much of the bash, it, it still like tells their story so well and like introduces, it sets up new questions that get answered 
kind of in the, in the next three episodes four i guess episodes. yeah i mean they had um, to leave some for new season stuff but yeah, yeah obviously i mean we get a lot more new questions by the time the series ends or i'm sorry the season ends um but it's just it, it, it's just so masterful it's just so good um and yeah so we do see uh, they go someplace um, and, and the batch uh, splits up from the Sindulas. They are off on their own. Um, Omega and Hera are able to say goodbye. Um, and then our, our most important scene here at the very, very end of this mm-hmm. episode is um, the insane lighting in this scene. Holy God. Um, but Crosshair and Rampart talking, right? Um, Rampart is talking about how the batch impresses him and Crosshair asks for permission to go hunt them down and and rampart is like fully go do it but this um, time it's not hunt them down to like terminate them because remember last time yeah, rampart like, gave him that it, that command it was to terminate them uh now it's uh there's something i can't rampart's basically like i can't not have these guys on my team he's like, like i want them <laughs> like he's he literally admits to himself too this is why i say that he's not uh he's not guilty of the sin of hubris because he's literally like, Oh, I've underestimated them. Like you don't hear that from a villain who is coming at it from like a, a pride point of view. Um, he's like, just, he's very efficient. He's like, okay, well if they're not going to, uh, yeah, if I can't kill them and they are going to be enemies, like I, I have to have them. They have yeah. to be on my yeah. team. And we once again um, see Crosshair going through like up a hundred emotions. This last scene is just, so, it floors me every time I see it. Uh, he he goes through like eight different emotions. He goes through like all five stages of grief. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then again, lands on resolute. Like, But like the question is like, is he, what is he resolute to do? Because we see in his eyes, we see hurt. We see a little bit of like regret. We see a little bit of hope. Like it all in like, five seconds yeah it's wild um and, 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 and yeah he, he does seem to decide on something but we don't know what we it don't is. know what it is and that's like again a huge question at the end of this episode like is he jealous is he yeah is he determined to hunt them down to like make them feel pain is he determined to hunt them down to like change them is it you know is he is he angry at them or is he angry at rampart is he angry at himself, himself. yeah we don't know <laughs> Yeah, it's a. Uh, th- they gave us at the end of these episodes like a, a huge, massive question mark and so like a, another complex little mystery to take apart. Sorry, these two episodes are just so They're so really goddamn good. good. Okay, so we talked a lot about uh, plot. Should we shift into characters? Now? We should shift into characters, and goddamn, we already talked about characters a lot. We really did. Uh, let's let's recap a little bit um, with our main players, and then maybe we can get into like. Sarah and Omega that yeah. we didn't really talk Folks about we didn't too much. Talk about. Um, Charles Rampart. He's Charles here. Rampart. He's, he's here. I was gonna say he's queer. We don't know that he could be. Who's to say? He's Who's not. Say? Not. He's not. He. He. It's. Uh, you know what? It's all open. It's. Who knows? <laughs> the world. Make is it up as you go along. <laughs> um. So uh, he's doing a, a great work in this. These two episodes. <laughs> It just sounded like you were like as a manager at work talking to like <laughs> your guys' boss being like, you know, Charlie's doing great, great work. work. Um, I would recommend him for the promotion. Uh, he's really committed to the cause. Yeah, he seems like he's really a great fit for this company. Administration um, skills really like he out does, the wazoo. He seems like he's a great people person <laughs> in, in a way that we respect uh, here in the Empire, which is to say not great. I like that we're giving him a sort of a... 
a, <laughs> a backstory that he was middle management at one point. Yeah, and then he got so frustrated yeah. and he fell in love with the Empire where he, <laughs> he can climb the ladder. It's a it's a coming into his own sort of story yes. with him. Uh, um, but anyway, the, on that topic, he, yes. we were discussing previously that he doesn't have his own backstory. So like, I mean, he, again, he's the like primary villain. So yeah. you're not really supposed to feel bad for him. Uh, he hasn't, he's not done anything to garner sympathy. We don't know anything about him to garner sympathy. Um, unlike Crosshair, who again, we have seen his background. It doesn't excuse him, like you said, but it's, uh, at least it explains why he is the way he yeah. is. And like, he really does just like provide such an interesting character for all of our other characters yeah. to sort of play off of. And again, it's not something that we've really seen before in Star Wars. Like he's not prideful. Like he's mm-hmm. not in a way that like, oh my God, what is his name in Rogue One is. Um, oh. I don't know why I'm just like, his name is Orson. Why am I? It's Orson Welles. <laughs> Krennic. It's Krennic. <laughs> um, is his name Orson Krennic? I think it might be. <laughs> you know, good news. We can Google this. Um, no, but truly uh, it is. Why did I know that? <laughs> I mean, that's a good movie. So truly I am very, I'm very curious about Rampart. He's a very odd villain for being like yeah. an empire villain. Um, but again, like, cause again, he's not, he's, he does not suffer from the sin of hubris. We've said that like eight times in this episode, but like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just so weird to me. Cause like either you, I feel like we're only used to seeing villains that have like a sob story background where you're yeah. like, oh no, like, where we okay, can sympathize with them. Or you're used to seeing villains that are just like, I only want power and I'm hungry for power yeah. and I'll do anything. And I'm the more, the closer I get to it, the more crazy I get. He's not getting crazy. He's just, he's so level headed. So level headed. And I, like, I wonder about his motivations constantly. Yeah. Which is such a good place for a villain to be. Absolutely. In. And it just like, I don't know. Like, we truly, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, we don't necessarily know the whys of why he's serving the Empire. Like, we just know that he does really seem, from what we've seen, uh, really believe in what they're doing in a weird way. Like, yeah. we don't know the game that he's playing, except for the one that he's playing for the Empire, yeah. right? And he is doing it astonishingly well. I'm I'm really, really curious for the second season of this show, Um to see if he's going to go the route of crazy, powerful, hungry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's a powerful hungry? I meant powerful, power. hungry <laughs> villain era. He's famished. Um, power. Someone get this man a McDonald's. <laughs> Someone get this man a Happy Meal. Um, I'm sorry. I meant power hungry. <laughs> no, I know. Oh, I fully know. Um, I like powerful and hungry. He's a person just like us stars they're just like us <laughs> they are also powerful and also hungry God. Um, <laughs> no i i'm very 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 curious to see if what direction what sort of villain direction we'll yeah, get from him yeah. in season what two he is going to specialize in especially given the ending of this season uh with our secondary villain which i won't talk about here but um god i'm having trouble it's okay well f- great news we're gonna see it we will talk about it later uh yeah um and by later i mean in three episodes i think yeah again we're not getting a whole lot of setup here but it's he he's serving the purpose that he needs to serve which is yeah. to be this sort of like very like a pillar of a villain in yeah this episode. yeah he is in an interesting way irredeemable um despite the fact that he is so human so human and, and he's so committed like 
Yeah, hundred percent. As I said, he's putting his whole fucking <laughs> pussy into the empire, which is a wild like. And again, it doesn't seem like he's doing it to climb the fucking ladder so he can be like the most powerful general or whatever. Yeah, not climb the ladder in the way that's like, oh, I deserve to be the top dog. Um, yeah. he's just like he's he is interested in having responsibilities so that he can do a good job like he yeah. is like i needed i want this to succeed i it needs yeah like i have eight thousand backup plans for everything yeah uh, he, it he needs to does go well. just like unequivocally believe in the empire and i'm so fascinated to see like why, why? Yeah. right and like again he serves such a great uh, again another foil to like crosshair where like i mean foil in a way they're just like complementary and contrasting where like rampart is so calm and collected and like knows exactly the whole game right Mm -hmm. and and crosshair is you know our villain that you sympathize with and that we know his backstory and like we know that he's really emotive and emotional yeah in his choices right he's very much driven by a lot of negative emotions he's driven by um hurt and hatred and yeah yeah and uh, and and vengeance. vengeance yeah yeah. Um, but we've we've talked about a yeah. Charlie Rampart he quite is, enough. I, I'm just like again so surprised by these episodes that we got so much. Like I don't remember getting so much with him, and like it, it does kind of feel like we're closing right. We're closing out the season, and we're mm-hmm. getting so much good characterization still. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, episodes that I'm sure someone has cried that they are filler. So, um, which is truly wild to me now that we've. I mean, it, I didn't think any of the episodes were really filler when we watched this the first time, but now that we're going back and just like seriously analyzing yeah, things studying just the like, shit out of it mm, yeah there's very little that are true filler like do not have anything to do with the rest of the plot like yeah. they're either set up or pay off of like previous things yeah and it's like again it's every step of the way is important it's not it's not the end that is the the most important right mm-hmm. like i think we've talked about this at some point in context to like obi-wan and like um people feeling like there aren't any stakes in that show yeah because they everyone knows that like oh everyone survives yeah but it's like again it's not the survival that's important there are, it's the every step of the way yeah it's what what changed what changed this character in going from point a to yeah. point b like okay fine they're still alive but like they're the point is their character arc or their yeah development. yeah it is it is changed story is changed right a lot of times um would you like to talk about we we talked about it a bit, but how ho- uh, <laughs> hosier? <laughs> Keep wanting to call him hoser. Um, no, not the uh, not the Irish singer um, who loves Britney Spears. Who, toxic, yeah, apparently, like we all do. Yeah, um, Hauser. Yeah, the really hot clone. Sure. What would you like me to? <laughs> I I mean, do you want to talk about them, uh, Hauser and Crosshair, as? Um, really, really specific, distinct foils. Yeah. We can we can fold Hunter into this as well yeah. um, and talk about sort of the, that Which, triangle. To be fair, here. we have kind of been ignoring the greater batch in these episodes, but again, because they we haven't really... such interesting, good characters. They haven't really been the focus, and no. like pointedly, they were not the focus. I, I mean, they become more of the focus in, tw- in episode 12. Yeah. Uh, but it's very minimal um, based, I mean, compared to the other episodes we've seen them in. Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, I do think that serves a purpose. Like this is needed information, right? Um, so yeah, Hauser, <laughs> Ozier. Um, <laughs> I I mean, like he's a great character. He was a fan favorite character, right? When these episodes came out, which is we've discussed, I think why uh, Dear Charlie Rampart isn't really like simped for. Sorry, bud. Um, I mean, I like him. Yeah, no, I don't think, I mean, we checked ao3 the other day and like important, there was important analytics that important we do analytics that we there's went like and 80 for. 
no there wasn't even 80 there was like three fanfics that were like shipping rampart with reader yeah which was super fascinating to me there's a few that were shipping him in crosshair i think wild like okay well sure i mean do what you need to do (laughs) do what you need to do i like that that makes fanfic and shipping sound like a necessary thing for your health um maybe it is i don't know um This specific ship, don't understand it, but you go ham, everyone. Um, no, but yeah, it's true that like, I think a lot, the Phantom uh, clocked uh, Hauser, Hauser way more than they clocked yeah. Rampart, who, I mean, has more screen time. He's kind of a bigger character, like, in the entire series, uh, which is really interesting to me, because like, I don't know, he's he's a really fascinating person, um, but, but yeah. Yeah, so that being said, Hauser is... And was uh, just immediately yeah. uh, the sparkle in I everyone's mean, eye. First of all. Yeah, I what, know he's attractive. What business does he have making his hair look like that? Yeah, um, <laughs> he has time, I guess. To be fair, he's been stationed on Ryloth for years, so I guess maybe he has a routine. Uh, yeah, I have no idea what business he has uh, making his hair look like that. I have no idea what he what happened to him to have that scar. Um, his eyes... Are, his eyes are like I mean, maybe it's because we've been they're dealing, sad they're sad which is my favorite look in a man um <laughs> <laughs> I mean fair um emotions um, nice <laughs> are you in a crisis uh, come here please <laughs> sign, do you have a sign up. you have a fun scar and nice hair and are you in crisis I think um, that's like every guy in every video game you like yes it is my type. Correct. Anyway. Man in crisis with fun uh, Hair facial scar. scar. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I've been derailed from what I was saying. Like you say disassociating. <laughs> now, haven't we all? Um, I don't remember what I was going to say, so that's cool. Uh, um, he has no business looking the way that he does. Oh, oh, um, oh. I want to talk about his eyes because they're just so, like, I, again, we've been seeing the batch for the most part, and they are, like, different from each other and also different looking from the regs. Um, but like, there's just something odd about how <laughs> Hauser's eyes that like in, in a positive way, like, yeah. they're just like way more expressive. And I don't yeah. know if that's like, they did something like minuscule to his model or if like, because we're be- we've been seeing, uh, not reg looking, uh, clones for the majority of this season. Like he just by contrast by contrast looks yeah i mean i think i would love to compare his model to rex's model because i i don't remember if i said this already or not but we can definitely tell that hauser is like a gen one um uh reg right because of the he has all the crow's feet wrinkles around his eyes like rex does right Uh, which we've particularly taken note of already in this series right um with omega talking to rex right and like I don't know. There's something about his character that's so sweet and endearing. And, like, I do think that, like, I, I think the regs might have slightly larger eyes, too, um, than the Batch, mm-hmm. generally. So yeah. I think that probably adds to it. But, like, he does have just, like, incredibly emotive features. Mm-hmm. And, like, and also, like, the actions that he takes, right, are, yeah. like, so incredible. Mm-hmm. And, like, we've talked about this a lot. But, like, I do think that introducing this character in... Uh, essentially the last big push before the end of the season uh was an incredibly smart move Mm -hmm. right because like we needed another sort of minor character who probably wasn't rex right because we've kind of already seen rex and like hauser kind of serves in a rex situation in this episode but like 
we know that Rex is off doing what he needs to do. So we, yeah. he, it's best that he doesn't come back, right? But we needed someone to be like a, a standard for like everyone, including the batch. Yeah. Because like uh, essentially it doesn't, right? As we talked about, it doesn't matter who you are if you're a reg with an inhibitor chip if you're the batch if you're crosshair like everyone has the opportunity to be a good person Mm -hmm. and like we needed like a shining example of that to like have to go throughout these episodes and like it's done in such an incredible way like we've already talked about how even visually crosshair and hauser are pitted against each other they'll see each other from long distances or they have these like weird prolonged eye contacts like, it is both extremely obvious and also extremely subtle the yeah. way that they do these because like I think even before we get like a um I was a professional before we get like a <laughs> an official introduction to Hauser I think we have like one of these moments where they look at each other or like before we know a lot about him yeah we're clearly like like it's just a testament to how good storytelling can uh, give you the information that you need about yeah. a character like yeah. there's no question that Hauser is a moral person he's a like very upright um and they basically expressed that by pitting him against crosshair yeah. in these like they're not i mean they don't even say really two words to each other at no, all not really but they're like pitted each other against each other um so often that you you kind of just like understand yeah what to be what fair this character i think is to be. so much of that work i'm just realizing was done with uh, essentially i mean hauser obviously um during the process of these episodes kind of floats between allegiance to what is now the empire and you know ryloth and mm-hmm. the syndulas right but like the very first time we see him he is visually connected to sham who yes. we know obviously to be like sort of a a good person a morally upright character and so we don't have a question about that and then like obviously opposite of them in almost like a shakespearean operatic romeo Mm -hmm. and juliet style we just have this makes it sound like i'm shipping hauser and crosshair but like (laughs) emotionally right we have like the empire and rampart and and crosshair who's like rampart's dog essentially his guard Mm -hmm. dog um and like because of those associations to other characters we understand by association right like exactly the, the exactly. relationship between crosshair yeah. and hauser even though they don't speak to each other um and that does so much work for pretty much everyone in this show again it's such a testament that like if you set your writing up and your story and your character up correctly it takes almost minimal effort to yeah. express to your audience certain things that yeah. you want them to know when you want them to know it and then that not saying that that's not like you know that that's lazier like no effort no, no, no. but like the the way that you've set things up and previously characterized other characters it, it's just it's really good <laughs> yeah no and it's incredible and like you know it's like these dominoes falling the the course of these episodes and like again we understand characters by association to other characters mm-hmm, exactly. and again because these episodes are so dense and so intricate like we don't want to waste time uh, you know verbally laying out for you the audience like oh yes i almost said a hosier it's again you know hosier um hauser hauser is a good man like i'm gonna tell you the audience that you know because we don't need to right he says it in actions then again we understand it by his association to the characters we know to be morally upright yeah. which is a fucking insane thing to do and again it's like creating mental connections uh-huh. that tell a story yeah. in the background yeah. without having to spell it out which again god points to this show being so much more than like 
a kids show right like yeah we're doing like the most complicated interesting intriguing things with story like again i mean i know that like this is animated so it's all very intentional controlled but like they they do storytelling almost like so much better than a lot of live action shows that we've seen which are off they're for adults and they're like often incredibly heavy-handed and like will will hit you over the head with things it's just like i don't need to like i got that like it's a really interesting like and again nothing exists in a vacuum but it's really interesting to see what you can do with story when you get to control every aspect truly like I, i don't know like it's just it's fascinating i think about like all of the the other shows that are coming out on disney plus right now like marvel shows and stuff which like they've been fairly hit or miss i guess just based on general audiences but it's like it's wild that (laughs) this show which does not get a lot of love Mm -mm. is doing bananas insane incredible shit with story and like no one's almost noticing but like yeah i don't know it's weird it's weird the um quality difference almost in in my opinion no i I think that's Um, correct but yeah so we have hauser who is an incredibly important addition and i think his um involvement in just these two episodes tells us a lot about i mean crosshair but also you know the batch and stuff it's also a good question to ask like why are they choosing to set crosshair up with this foil of uh hauser right now yeah and, and, and almost instead of Hunter. Yeah. Even though we've already established that. Um, and it's it's really interesting to see because the last time we saw Crosshair, he was like going insane. Mm-hmm. He tried to fry the entire batch, including uh, Omega, the child. Um, <laughs> uh, and um, he, he seemed to have mellowed out a little bit um, by this point. Uh, so it's interesting to see him being uh foiled with with hauser yeah and like again, I, I know that was not really a point that i made no, but. no no but it's a it's a fair thing to bring up um he does seem definitely crosshair seems different let's take this time yeah. to transition to yeah. crosshair um he is i think we've talked about interestingly different in these episodes because mm-hmm. he's not he's not like on a revenge quest he's still quite interested in the batch like he he's not yeah, like letting he does, it go but he's not like he's not over the top a hundred percent like fucking insane yeah um which is interesting to see it's interesting to see him be act more in like you know his regular capacity than like in this insane do or die sort of situation Mm -hmm. um but like in that way he takes a back seat and like also in that same way hunter kind of has taken a back seat in these episodes and like i don't know they kind of are uh you know on two sides of a ravine and there are like you know connections between them and i think like obviously i mean as we've talked about previously like omega has been a connection between you know the two sides mm-hmm. but like in this way hauser is almost a connection between the two sides he is kind of i don't know he's a pillar right yeah i, I think we see omega and hunter having um not not like strain in their relationship but in episode 12 when they come to rescue hera um she she kind of challenges him a little bit yeah um and i feel like crosshair is getting a bit of the same from uh hauser in that hauser is acting as a challenge to him and his uh preconceived notions about about life and about the way the world works um because at the end of 12 when hauser gives his big inspirational speech and like half the clones with their inhibitor chips lay down their arms and they decide surrender something they want like crosshair's like he's kind of looking on with a um uh, he's kind of not confused but he's like i didn't know this was an option yeah i think or like what do they do i don't know it's an interesting again <laughs> there's a it lot to say about his 
emotions that he we see him go through but he does not verbalize in this yeah episode. which again i think adds to the mystery yeah. of it like i think uh, and again these episodes do a lot for just like giving us a lot of questions and adding a lot of like intrigue and mystery to in a place that maybe we didn't think we were gonna get it mm-hmm. like uh, again it's a wild place here splitting the difference between the middle of the season and the end of the season that this is when we're introducing questions which is like probably not typical but like it is working really really well well because they've set up a lot of things they have also paid off a lot of things and so we're at like this kind of like it's been like an ebb and and flow sort of uh relationship with the story here where like we still have a lot of questions um we still have a lot of big questions and i think they're kind of setting up the final dominoes to answer those yeah uh by the by the season finale yeah and and again the ways that they've introduced and brought crosshair back into the story Mm -hmm. and like it's essentially like the pilot episode three episode eight in the middle of the season 11 and 12 Mm -hmm. now at the end and then he'll obviously come back in in the Mm -hmm. season finale um but it is kind of like these peaks that we reach in the seasons like throughout the season up and down up and down right like an ebb and flow as you said um i don't know it's interesting how they're kind of yeah setting up these dominoes to fall i i'm just i'm trying to think ahead because like again we we haven't watched the the season we're finale in a while we haven't watched any of these episodes in a while like we're going through them probably a year yeah we're going through them kind of a uh, little blind yeah a little blind so i'm trying to i'm just like remembering bits and pieces of the season finale and Mm -hmm. i'm like it's really again it's very interesting that they chose to set up like crosshair and hauser as foils in this episode uh given who we i mean we kind of i don't know if this is spoiler or not but like again hunter and crosshair are the main foils in this uh so we they do get set up again but like kind of at the uh we've seen their both of their journeys yeah um by that point so it is god the show is good um (laughs) we say this like every episode but the show is really fucking good um yeah and again like talking about hunter now like it is interesting how much of a backseat that he takes even to omega as like a as a like when it comes to members of the batch in this episode Mm -hmm. these episodes um but yeah like he really doesn't we don't see a lot of emotionality from hunter except for like in 11 no excuse me in the beginning of 12 when he's kind of expressing that we can't save everyone Mm -hmm. and that he gets his ass handed handed to him him by by his his 10 year old yeah twice um (laughs) like that's kind of like the most we see but i think like it is just kind of nice again to see that he has a very trusting relationship with Omega now. And like, we're getting the payoff of that. Yeah. And like, again, we started in episode 10, right? Like we're, you know, Omega, you can't come with us, Mm -hmm. but she's also going to prove her worth as a strategist. And Mm -hmm. now getting the payoff of that, uh, of her being able to strategize in the field. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's interesting how much, of a backseat they take but this is still it still feels like important to them in their journey i don't know yeah i think given the like juxtaposition of when when hauser gives his speech he's trying to like kind of both win his squad back and also distract them from hunter and echo and the Sindulas escaping um but like the idea that hauser is basically like i have to st- i can't leave my squad because they're yeah. like we he, you need to come with us because you're gonna get arrested or worse uh or worse and he's like i can't leave them i know they're good men um that i feel like is an incredibly important line in this no it totally is because (laughs) when like as he's like saying that and then they end up getting arrested like uh crosshair sees the shuttle leaving um 
and he shoots at them but he misses yeah misses quote unquote yeah uh it seems that he missed right but we know crosshair and yeah. he doesn't miss um and you see that really uh specific uh like shots shot of of hunter like kind of looking back and like you kind of get that he knows that it's crosshair yeah yeah and they they almost like even though they're way too far away they look at each other like there's a sense exactly of that. yeah um and i know like it's just so obvious that both of them have like with the like hauser's words ringing in their head yeah like and both of them, I think, think the same of the other, where it's like, you you, you left abandoned me. me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I just love that. Um, in, in that way, Hauser is, too, like a, a pillar that brings yeah. them together in a specific way. Yeah. And I love that um, almost in that way, those words that Hauser, I mean, he Crosshair hears what he says to the to the group, but the batch hears what he says yeah. about it is like, I'm not going to leave my squad behind. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to abandon them. And like, that is essentially what feels like the... Uh, it's the harbinger right Uh, it's Mm -hmm. what is um calling to the end of this season right and i think it's so cool that they were able to almost remind us of that of what happened in the very first episode again and i think we talked about it in the pilot is like depending on your point of view someone abandoned someone and that changes depending on what character you're seeing (laughs) seeing through their eyes I like that they were able to bring that back and remind us of how important that point is now going into sort of the end. Yeah. Like this is like the, the deceleration essentially. The denouement. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. I didn't even think about that. I guess that's true that the batch Hunter's the one who hears that. I'm not going to leave my squad behind. Yeah. And, and Crosshair gets the sort of morality speech from Hauser. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then he also sees Hauser not leaving his squad behind. Right. Yeah. Like he almost like sees the action and Hunter hears the words. Mm hmm. No, it's totally like a, a big turning point, I think, for both of them. Yeah. Very good writing. We'll see how it, yeah. it pays how, off. How it spins. Mm. Should we, do you want to switch to talking about Omega? Because we really barely talked about her. I mean, I feel like most of the things that I have to say about her is that like, I I mean, what I said previously that I like that we're getting payoff with her as a character. She seems grown up like we saw in episode 10, right? Yeah. I love that we're getting to see a, that she's able to strategize and come up with a pan, a, a pan. Um, <laughs> come up with a plan, mm-hmm. even, you know, with the help of Hera. And then, like, also that the Batch trusts her enough to go through with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's just, like, a really... I mean, we, we've seen this, like, ramping up almost. Yeah. Like, she's getting more bold. She's becoming more experienced. And, like, um, she's not she's not afraid not that she was ever afraid no but um she's she's not letting her experiences uh taint her basically she's learning from them and uh we will see that coming into into the most importance probably in in two episodes yeah i think so um um but yeah like almost like and again almost like we were talking about with ebbs and flows of seeing crosshair i think we get the same almost like consistent ebbs and flows when it comes to omega like essentially in episode three she also showed a lot of like gumption right Mm -hmm. like she took charge when hunter was not able to and and, like completed the mission right Mm -hmm. like i like that we're seeing like a spike there also in conjunction with hunter and then like i mean kind of in the episodes it's seven eight nine yeah seven eight Mm -hmm. nine right but like it's mostly nine for her right Mm -hmm. where she is following what you know the batch has taught her and she's able to get herself out of a crazy situation and then seeing again in in 12 11 and 12 um that come back around like mm-hmm. it's nice that we get these like um almost cyclical points yeah throughout the season where we're able to see like her growth payoff or mm-hmm. like you know her relationship with the batch payoff and i like that this is another one and it feels like it is uh 
amounting to something right like we, we're growing everything is a stair step up yeah it doesn't feel repetitive it doesn't feel like oh, you've told us this already or like we're seeing the same growth from her no. like it's truly compounding like it's truly like a, a, yeah. a snowball rolling down a hill like and, she's becoming more and more um her own person yeah. and growing into her abilities it feels like too like as we talked about this episode these episodes not being filler even though like we don't really see the batch that much like the, the fact that like this is where we get to see Omega grown the most is like uh, makes these episodes so incredibly important. Mm -hmm. Like this is this is her journey. Right. And this is another huge step in her journey. And like, you know, the fact that even in her, her relationship with Hunter, she's able to tell him, no, this is what I believe. And I think we should do this. Like having, you know, the gumption to do that even mm -hmm. um to disagree with him and challenge him on things like i think that's another huge like step for her and i like that we're getting like these two episodes are like a huge um like tentpole in the season yeah. it is like an incredibly important step along the way and it really is like setting so much up for the end of the series the season not the series um yeah i don't know i love her and i love that she gets to hang out with hera uh, I've talked about this a couple of times. I love the female role models or buddies, really, that Omega gets. Just characters of, that we get to see. Yeah. yeah. Um, because of how <laughs> surrounded by men she is. Yeah. And, like, again, you know, they don't necessarily... It doesn't feel like a huge group of men. They have really diverse characteristics. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, I love that, like, she's gotten kind of a crazy person Fennec to look up to when she comes to, like, sort of the badassery. We have Sid, who, like, kind of defies the sort of, like older woman characteristics she's not like, motherly no she's not motherly but she yeah. has her own way of caring yeah. and like again these are really like intelligent smart badass people and then we also have the introduction of Hera now who is someone her own age for the yeah. most part and like but has grown up differently and has learned different things mm -hmm. and like I love seeing it's that one scene in, in 11 where the batch is in that episode <laughs> um and Hera and Omega are in the Marauder um I really love this scene. It's like probably one of my favorite scenes because um, I love the music in here. Um, but I love that Hera is talking to Omega about flying and to Omega, who's been taught by military guys and specifically by tech, right? Um, flying is a series of actions. Yeah. It is, um, it has steps, it has facts. It's very like clinical almost. And I love and that linear, yeah. Hera brings in this concept of like feeling and emotionality to it mm -hmm. and like because it means so much to her and it's her dream right mm -hmm. um to be a pilot and i like that she gets to share that with omega and then omega gets someone who's really emotional and like or emotionally attuned to like desires and and feelings and stuff and yeah. like i love that omega then shares that with the batch and tech it, is like what is going on yeah like in a positive way too because yeah. i feel like echo is emotional in his own way yeah. and so like it's not like she's lacking that no um, no no but because like, they are but like there's a it's a positive like yeah. it's a kind of it's a joyful yeah it's uh it is yeah childlike in the in almost like the wondrous yeah, way which exactly. like we know omega is and likes but mm -hmm. like I it's think, nice to see her see that in yeah exactly yeah. to be able to like learn and see from other people and especially like the importance of someone her own age yeah like i think it probably like really expanded her view of the galaxy because she's only ever dealt with people who are like older than her mm -hmm. she probably didn't have a lot of interactions with other children no. so like it, it's so sweet that like hera is the one to do that and like yeah. we know hera and know that she's like such a has such a good heart right mm -hmm. and like i don't know they did it in such a sweet way that like also was a really nice break in 11 yeah from the insane like political intrigue happening yeah, yeah. yeah um so yeah i i that's mostly no it's I have. really good <laughs> and i i just kind of like thought about this but for 
again, it's another thing to praise the writers and the producers and everyone who works on this show, but like they were really conscious about the fact that um, there's a lot of male characters in yeah. this show. Um, and I think that they truly offset that. Like it doesn't feel like the show is overwhelmingly male it, because they bring so many side characters who are women. Yeah. Um, and like really cool, special female characters. Yeah. And very, very like uh, diverse in that, like, again, yeah, you have Sid who's just like, who's not, she could easily be like a kind of a, a grandma figure, like very motherly and nurturing, but she's not because Omega already has that in her, in her brothers and yeah. Hunter and, and Echo. Um, and like Fennec, who's really, really badass. Uh, and um, even like, Nala say too yeah. who is a little more motherly but like she's got a little more intrigue in her like yeah I would just feel like it's a very balanced show yeah as far as gender representation goes yeah uh spe- specifically male and female yeah um yeah again it, it could have so easily been like so dude <laughs> yeah and like again I mean I was just listening back to it was episode five right mm-hmm. um where we were talking about this and like how how you know, in the story, there are, you know, genders and gender expressions, but, like, also that is um, reliant on the writers and their mm-hmm. understanding mm-hmm. Of, of gender roles and whatnot, and that, like, it does feel like they're not pushing these characters into, like, typically, you know, male and female traditional characteristics, Yeah, for a right? group of four soldiers, like, they have quite a bit, like, they're not relying on their identity as, like, man yeah like that almost isn't part of the equation and like interestingly they are all i mean they're all men right mm-hmm. like uh, cis men essentially mm-hmm. uh, or rather assigned male at birth i suppose um but yeah we don't, we don't know any of their specific personal no, gender we don't. expression um, desires i, I guess we did <laughs> we can yeah so that's an interesting thing to think yeah. about uh but yes. Yeah. So like, but they're all like, you know, men, right? Mm-hmm. And like, to be fair, when if you're all men, I feel like gender probably plays less of a role, if that makes any sense. There's not like a, a bifurcation between genders if mm. you're all dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, so gender expression, well, not gender expression, excuse me, the characteristics that these people, the clones like portray have probably less to do with men like traditional male and female roles yeah yeah if they that makes they any sense gr- meaning like they didn't grow up in a like society basically yeah that like, like that split the two yeah, super hard they just like our society yeah yeah uh they they've grown up as soldiers the only thing they kind of know is be soldier do soldier thing. yeah like i don't i mean which be- i guess to them isn't an exclusively male thing no um but yeah it's interesting that like so that's like perhaps in canon right yeah. but like outside of that again there are writers who create these worlds exactly um so it's interesting that even the writers who live in our society at our time are not choosing to put on these typical male characteristics to them really yeah i mean we've talked about in hunter before where he he could have been the his whole arc could have been just like man learns how to take care of child like he's already very nurturing and like that makes sense for his character because he's the leader of this squad like he has to be someone nurturing and he cares about them they're his family um and then we have just like echo being like somewhat uh having somewhat like traditionally feminine uh characteristics yeah um again it's just like it's really nice to see a, a a crew who's aware of that yeah and isn't just like i don't know i'm just working with like 
my own experiences. Yeah, it's I'm just not like, going to challenge them. Yeah, yeah. And then like again, the the reverse in a way of that, like the female characters that we see, mm-hmm. like are all they are not necessarily. I don't know, embodied by stereotypically female yeah. characteristics. Yeah. Like there again, are, Sid could be motherly and she's not. Truly, it can be summarized simply by saying uh, people are allowed to be people in this. Yep. They're not, it's not like, oh, we have a female character. She has to be X, Y, Z. Like we see full human beings in, yeah. in all of these characters. Yeah. And it's so, so good to see. It is. And like, it, it just, it's nice, you know? And again, like, I think we've talked about like in context to like, um ahsoka's early character design and Mm -hmm. being dressed the way that she was for someone as young as she was and like as outside of canon when it comes to writers and designers uh what a choice that was really like yeah a decision like that feels very unaware of just like how forced into gender roles people exactly like she's supposed to be like like 12 or 13 i think uh and like again if she were a full adult and that's what she was wearing it, it would be one fine. thing fine she's owning her sexuality she's owning what she wants to wear but she's like a literal child and she's painted as a literal child yeah. uh in action and attitude yeah and it was not okay for them to make the no. decision to put her in and that. like again it's important to have those conversations because then we become you know more aware of these decisions right. that being said i do really like how they're treating omega's character yeah you know the the women and others that she's surrounded by and also the characteristics of the batch do you want to move on to themes let's move on oh god i I just completely forgot (laughs) i just read the first sentence under my crosshair characters and it just says the emotions this psycho exhibits in these episodes (laughs) are fucking bananas this psycho this fucking psycho i have Um, nothing written down for themes (laughs) i think mostly we can distill this down to and we've already talked about this a lot there's a lot of choice happening in Mm -hmm. these episodes and obviously destiny and fate kind of get rolled into that now because of in in a way right it's almost like you choose or you choose it's that fate is we are okay you okay we are nearing the end of this season yeah uh, and it's interesting to look back at the beginning where we kind of started with a destiny fate uh umbrella over most things yeah um and they and the power of choice sort of came out under to that yeah uh, and became sort of a, a bigger uh uh feature fixture yeah. of this uh season and now i think we're like kind of wrapping it back up into destiny and fate and seeing like because like this episode is very heavy on choice yeah i will say the last three episodes of this season very heavy on uh i mean it's sort of like them coming back to reckon with their destiny yeah 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 it is coming full circle now having kind of understood the lesson of choice yeah from multiple people from multiple angles yeah, essentially, the batch left Camino and then just learned a bunch of lessons from a bunch of people <laughs> and then came back, presumably. It feels like an oversimplification, but yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. Roll credits. Roll um. credits. That's it. Done with themes now. But no. yeah, so so themes. So choice, right? The fact that, you know, all of these episodes are like crazy political intrigue obviously points to people making choices and the errors and not of those choices. Yeah, I mean, the power of choice is kind of set up here um, by this concept of like good and evil, which again yeah, is yeah. represented by the Empire. Yeah. 
Um, we get it a, a lot, though, in these episodes, mostly because I think, uh, again, we're getting so much Charles Rampart, Admiral Charles Rampart, um, in these episodes that we're, so we're really getting, like, a huge, like, understanding and representation of the evil, specifically, that we are facing in this yeah. show. Again, we, we know the Empire, we've seen it before, but this is kind of, like, a new flavor and face of the Empire, and I feel like it was really important that they set up specifically what exactly. that looks like. Yeah. Because it becomes a lot more dangerous than just sort of like the boogeyman of the empire. Truly, with, it's with not Tarkin, a, right? Yeah, it's not a concept. Like I think at this point, Tarkin is such a concept. Uh, yeah, that, and, and the emperor, right? And, like, they're they're practically non-existent. Mm-hmm. So we needed to set that up very, very specifically and solidly. And I think they did a really good job with that. And again, like they set up almost like Hauser and Crosshair as these like watchdogs of the two sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, I like that the good in this situation is represented not necessarily by the rebel alliance or the republic Mm -hmm. but is represented by people trying to protect their friends their family their planet right Mm -hmm. um again it's it's seeing sort of abstract concepts boiled down into the stories of actual people Mm -hmm. um and i like how they portrayed that and i like that they took two fucking episodes pretty much away from our main, main characters to establish this um but yeah, so and like choice is all wrapped up in that. And mm-hmm. we get to see a lot of really almost like devastating choices made by these characters. These two episodes are really, really interesting to me uh, from the from the aspect of um, we don't talk about inhibitor chips at all at all. But it is so clearly painted that yeah. like it doesn't matter if you have one or not yeah like there is clearly uh still a decision to be made which again after we've seen crosshair be absolutely fucking psycho yeah rip shit in episode eight uh like i mean which is which they do talk about inhibitor chips in that one it's coming off the heels of the episode Um, where the battle scars yeah they get all of their inhibitor chips out and then they're immediately uh faced with crosshair who they're like please it's your inhibitor chip um and he i mean obviously like goes rip shit on them but now we're facing this concept of like, oh, is it is it his inhibitor chip yeah. that's making it How do this? Fascinating that I do feel like the concept of inhibitor chips, that through line is so tied obviously to choice, our theme yeah, of choice. Exactly. Right? Like inhibitor chips are almost a representation of that yeah but until this moment exactly it's like we we thought it was a, a, we didn't have a choice but it's almost like they've set it up so well that you take away any talk of inhibitor chips and choice is still there like they yeah. almost now reflect into each other right so like the choices that people make like hauser like crosshair in these episodes like now is giving us a question is it the inhibitor chips like exactly, essentially exactly. reversing it yeah um and how good and incredibly set up that is right like and again it's something that we super needed for the end of this season like it is shooting us into like probably big whatever is that's gonna happen <laughs> in the end of the season i can't say for sure i don't remember it's just so um again i i, I know i've said this approximately eight times in this episode but i mean say it again i can't and praise enough like the way that these characters in the writing is yeah in these episodes specifically because they it's just so much the, the silence surrounding inhibitor chips in this episode is so deafening uh it is that like like you would think that if they were trying to make this point they would they would have a conversation about it but yeah. truly like actually yeah, speak louder than words yeah. here uh and like it, it is it is both subtle and very unsubtle yeah the way that they are being like it listen is- inhibitor chips are not 
really a factor in the morality or goodness of a person yeah, again it's like they set something up for us to pull the rug out and then like still have this question of like okay without that then what is morality right. who are you what yeah. are you gonna do right um and it's so fucking good and like, like we don't even see hauser struggle no it is it is unquestioning he what he struggles with is a I thought the empire was like yeah. cool yeah. and good. It's almost and same... now I'm being confronted with the, the just complete evidence that it's not, and I'm making the choice that it's bad, and yeah. I'm going to stand yeah. up for that. It's almost the same struggle that like Echo goes through when it comes to like throwing off his old understandings of like what the Republic taught him yeah. and his experiences there, where it's like Hauser is still also like any reg probably who had a good experience for the most part in this war. Wild thing to say, um, but it's hard to throw off the things that you learned and mm-hmm. and knowing that the republic is fam- maybe morally good yeah what you're familiar with your what, what you understand things to be your preconceived notions of life and the world and the people around yeah. you but like i love that right so that is the only question and the only struggle that hauser goes through but really the whole time he's like he knows what he has to do it's just to get there mm-hmm. is the struggle and then like but yeah and then like absolutely at the end of this episode when you know push comes to shove he's like no i will unquestioningly stay here no matter the consequences again and again when he's addressing his like uh his squad like he doesn't we don't see him struggle we don't see him like have to fight to get the words out like he says them proud and clear and uh he knows what he's saying um like I, I think if we had had a moment of him kind of like maybe struggling against a sort of a maybe like a chip uh yeah like program it, yeah, or something yeah. like where it might like, oh i can't disobey yeah but we don't see that at all yeah, and again and everything is intentional so you have to ask yourself why why did they do fair? that yeah uh, omission why why did that get omitted right because you absolutely could see a situation like in maybe a, a probably worse written show where like there's a little scene where someone's like wow i wonder if he's really struggling with his inhibitor chip you know like or when he's just, like you know this is wrong he could see him like you know struggle yeah, or like wince something or super obvious yeah um but we don't see that at all and it's totally uh just to call out crosshair yeah, yeah pretty much this is a call out post for crosshair um you bitch um get down here uh report to the principal's office <laughs> you're in trouble young man um <laughs> sorry Calling Crosshair young man is just really challenging. Because he looks like an yeah. old man. He looks like an old Clint Eastwood. He looks like, um, oh no, who is it? Help me. Um, the uh, the guy that we've been talking about who's not in Laura, Rebecca, whatever. Vincent Price. Oh, Vincent Price. <laughs> <laughs> He's in Laura. He's not um, in Rebecca. That's Lawrence Olivier. Name. <laughs> the women's names movies. Yeah. Um, but, uh yeah uh these are just good and i do like that essentially we're we are kind of wrapping this back into destiny and fate but it's almost like the con the inverse of it it's like these things aren't destiny or fate it is choice again the entire um season of this these two themes have really been dancing around each other and interweaving in really interesting ways um very very good love to see it (laughs) frankly i am here for it i am here for it okay so the last thing i got um it, I got some design notes, kind of. Okay. I just truly, I think watching these episodes, it's I'm mostly distracted by the uh, the amount of shit going on. I thought you were going to say the amount of hot people. Yeah, also I'm still that. on that I mean, train. like, character, we could talk about character design. <laughs> hot people, they're hot. They made Hera's mom There's no reason so attractive. They needed to make her like, that hot. I'm not complaining. Like, objectively, I can tell you objectively, that woman is incredibly hot. Um, 
She's truly like very she's beautiful and she's like charming. She I, just, she can use a gun. She's the whole package. She is. Um and Sham looks like a nightmare creature. Sorry, <laughs> bud, you do. Like he's a cool character, but again, I love that they all the <laughs> Why does he have red eyes and pointy teeth? <laughs> I know all the male Twilights look like monsters and the female Twilights like look like hot, beautiful, yeah. beautiful women. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm here for it. But uh yeah, I mean we can talk about also I, I love uh Crosshair's new design his updated design we kind of oh yes we kind of talked about this but i i, I, I his love concave t- his head, head zone <laughs> um i don't know i really like that he they gave us a visual difference from mm-hmm. the last time we saw him like i think it it notes progress and time really well to show that time has passed <laughs> he shaved his head um but I don't know. I, I feel like he seems a little bit more like metal now and like in a weird way. But like he also uh, is essentially like visually distinguishing himself from like the crosshair of the past. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Like the whole time, even up to episode eight. No. Yes. Eight. He looked the way he did when he was in the batch. Right. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Like that was apparently a tipping point. Right. And now he is changed. Right. Like emotionally visually he changed right and he's no longer the person that the batch knew he looks very different right it it is interesting to say too that like the only time we see the batch looking visually different is when they get their inhibitor chips out and they like some of them have like a little bit of shaved uh heads which they go back to normal like their hair grows so fast (laughs) lightning fast yeah i'm so sad that tech didn't keep his side shave his one half side Uh, shave it looks nice but yeah after those episodes it's interesting that crosshair is the one that is visually changed yeah and uh, I think it adds despite, kind of... Despite the batch being the ones that had a procedure happen, had a, a, a change, which is basically showing that, like, they were the people that they were, and now they're the same people. Yeah, Despite still, this, this change that's happened to them. They're still emotionally the same people. Yeah. Um, they now have a weight lifted off of them, yes. but they're still morally the same, right? Yeah. And then we have Crosshair, who, again, is sort of an enigma. He is a mystery. We don't know a lot about him because he only pops up at certain times. But I do really like that um how much of a not necessarily like a shock it is but like i think it adds a lot to him being in these episodes like again it's not a huge thing when he shows up here it's just like he is there he's doing his job but i think the fact that he looks different and significantly has like a wound now that we can see like adds to the fact that he i don't know it's kind of a shock it's a difference right um it's a twist in a way um something has changed with him he is not the same person he was and i think that's like such a great thing to include in these episodes where we have again all of this like really subtle theming going on and like things being talked about almost in the in the background um i I like that this is again the point where we've uh signified a lot of change Mm -hmm. um also the fact i know i brought this up earlier but um the fact that like the more villain coded the more monstrous he becomes like the more we're seeing our actual primary villain rise up who again yeah yeah we talked about this but he just looks like a normal guy yeah. which is almost the scariest thing yeah exactly no and i like i like that crosshair and again like they made his wound specifically look like almost like old monster movie makeup mm-hmm. um like to signify that right like and again like he has these like different characteristics he he has a buzz cut now and like he looks almost like a little bit more severe he looks more severe he has no hair he has this like wicked scar um yeah yeah and then we have charles rampart who's just like this upright dude guy who's just exists he looks like the most normal yeah yeah absolutely like he doesn't like we talked about he doesn't necessarily have any defining features or like way that he speaks he just is right and like 
I love that. Yeah, we're creating even more contrast. We're creating visual contrast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, again, as we talked about Crosshair's emotions, the the animation of that, and even Hauser and stuff, as we kind of talked about with like his eyes and stuff, is so it is excellently done. Um, sometimes you'll see animated shows. Um, specifically, I would say two D animated shows. Now, like I'm thinking of like Ducktales and Amphibia and stuff, where like there's definitely one sequence in every episode where they put their whole pussy into (laughs) like they really got their best animator on Uh that one and it's usually like someone expressing a lot of emotions and stuff Uh, and they they put a lot into that one thing um and you can tell they took more time on it um (laughs) i like that these episodes feel so consistently like high quality when it comes to uh character animation the entire time the entire way through because we have so many of these interactions where we're seeing crosshair's eyes and like how much time that must have taken to get those emotions right and to hit specifically I really appreciate it, you know? Um, And I think they did an incredible job. Um, They really did. I don't know anything about the process of animation. so It's hard and bad. No, I'm sure it is, but it's just like, I can't imagine having to just create the the depth of emotion that we see and like especially the end of episode 12 here with like the 17 different emotions he goes through. And oh man. Yeah. And then like- No words. Just like you you exceed- what is meant to be expressed is so wholly expressed without even uttering a single word. Incredible. And like also, I mean, jumping into another visual thing, the lighting in the last scene is yes. fucking bananas. The lighting and the color is, it tells so much. It's fucking red. Like how, I, again, and as we've talked about, like it's kind of an enigma exactly what Crosshair is thinking about, but it feels so evil. And I think it really feels fucking evil because Charles Rampart is there. Well, what's interesting, and I, I have to, I do. Is it red and blue? It's it's like red and blue or black kind yeah. of like it's basically like uh they're looking at the uh, wreckage of the yeah. refinery yeah and so the red firelight is casting yeah. on uh rampart first and then because crosshair is behind him it sort of like cuts Softer. his face yeah. in half a little bit and then i love when i don't remember what rampart says when he turns around a crosshair he's super dark he's yeah there's no light on his yeah. face and then he leaves and the light is on crosshair's face again yeah. it's yeah. just so no it's incredible and again like it's interesting that it is fire specifically yeah. explosions because usually um like almost like campfires or fireplaces it's usually really cozy warm soft it's the flickery light mm-hmm. but they've used this so intentionally and so it feels so sinister it is not cozy in any way mm-hmm. right they're using this color like so it's so punchy um to be fair also like as i've been talking about through these episodes it's really interesting to see that most of the time we've been seeing crosshair in the empire there's like definitely a lack of color and i do think that there are parts in this episode ryloth isn't particularly colorful so i think it does kind of in a way add to that um it's not super it mm-hmm. doesn't it's not really really leaning into that like we see on like camino with the storms and stuff um but it's interesting that like we are introducing color in a really aggressive way here at the end with rampart and crosshair yeah. um and it is sinister like it's not there's no sort of like warm beauty to it it's just like super aggressive lighting with the shadows and the red and just the fact that we get like shadows covering part of crosshair's face i believe and then when rampart turns and looks at him he is without yeah any color when he's telling him I, i believe he's telling him like yeah, go this after is, the batch. I yeah, for retrieval. Yeah. Um, because he's like, I've underestimated them. They must be on my side now. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's totally just, <laughs> I have no words. It's Incredibly it's intentional. And incredibly good. intentional. <laughs> and like, so, oh, it's so good. 
yeah no it's almost like in episode 10 how i was talking about when they're in the ship and echo is is kind of waffling between like accepting their new mission to help a separatist senator and his you know the previous understanding of like separatists are bad and you know he is lighting that's cutting his face in half like that like very like dual um understanding and the fact that that's kind of on crosshair and that again charles rampart turns <laughs> and he's completely in darkness like yeah. again there's no again he's either fully in flame like like he's yeah. being bathed in the light of flames or he's fully in darkness and again like how much that points to almost him being so two-faced again like i think i talked two-faced, about this but he's so certain like he's yeah, there's yeah. no half there's and no half here. He's, there's no 50 percent. there's yeah. no doing it a little bit even when he talks to hauser and he's like we need to round up every single rebel it is a hundred percent with the empire yeah. and he is a hundred percent and he will be two-faced two yeah. different ways about you know being charming but being incredibly i don't know evil essentially yeah. uh cunning insidious yeah insidious there we go and i like that crosshair is split kind of 50 50 um like it's funny because at the end he i think he's totally in the flame yeah in the, the light flame of the flames light. the flame light uh but like while he's talking to rampart it's it's like there's some shadow yeah. there's it's, and like mm. it maybe it was like a um a utilitarian choice of like we really wanted to see those really really precise emotions right in in full lighting oh for sure yeah. but like it also i don't know maybe it points to like a decision that crosshair has made he does end up on like a resolute yeah emotion. he looks very like, resolute interesting what that what that resolution determined to do what yeah exactly could be um it's just really incredible they do an incredible job fucking color artists give them a high five they love it um (laughs) but very very good work incredible um but also like i think just in these episodes i think the colors are really lovely um i was this is maybe the last thing that i want to talk about but um i really like that again in context to these episodes being filler and being different from previous pretty much every previous episode i really like that they start this episode with the same almost two shots that they did the previous mm-hmm. episode 10 right so when we get to um what planet is it in episode raxis. 10 raxis right it's like wide shot wide shot you know close up of a of a person giving a speech right and it's the exact same in these episodes in episode 11 right but instead of very very quickly going back to the batch we are sent on a whole like meandering ride through like a crazy political situation and i'm mm-hmm. like uh, once again they're like have set something up previously and they're doing the same thing but they're pulling the rug out right and so it, we're surprised you know and like uh, again how incredibly designed that is and how specific that is to start two episodes with the exact same shot types for the most part it's a similar subject matter and then completely derail from that but yeah i don't know i i think again this show is setting up and, and paying off things in really creative ways. Yeah. Um, so from here, we're going to see... We're going to get... So... <laughs> well, okay, there was two really intense episodes, and now we're going to get a less intense episode. Yeah, yeah. And sort again, of a calm before the story Yeah, we talked about this, I think, in episode 10, mm-hmm. where it's kind of giving us these like ebbs and flows, mm-hmm. calms between insanity, mm-hmm. uh, and the next episode is another it's a calm one yeah it's a calm it's a fun romp i will say i think it lets what's happened here settle in a bit yeah, brief um and again we didn't see the batch very much and the next one the next episode is very it's much just the batch, the batch yeah um, up to up to hijinks um it is it does feel very um in a way clone warsy yeah it, it kind does. of harkens back to that sort of silly fun time <laughs> a silly fun little time silly goofy mood um yeah um so we're going to see them sort of calm before the storm. And then the last three episodes are kind of a one-two punch of just like 
things are happening. Yeah, the dominoes are bigger and they fall fast. Yes, <laughs> yes they are. All right. So thank you so much for tuning in to this very long episode. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. We'll be publishing episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. So join us next time for episode 13, Infested. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and also on Instagram and Twitter at The Batch Pod. So if you like story and you like Star Wars, then tune in for the next episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Batch. Bye. Bye.